Hello and welcome to Game the System Podcast Episode 2, a podcast about the people that play games and all things gaming, retro, arcade, modern, pinball, board games and anything else we can think of and anything we think is fun and interesting. It is January 27th, 2018 and my name's Mark Bell. My name is John. My name is Matt. <laughs> Leaving off last names now. You didn't do the and you are part. Well, you know, you've got to mix it up. You've got to mix it up. Yeah, fair enough. So you actually have the date on your watch. I thought that I was just a joke last time. Really? Just looking at the watch and... <laughs> <laughs> no, I do have the date on my watch. Nice. Special feature. Remember when watches had dates on them? <clears throat> um, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. You mean like the... The Casio, those Casio guys, the electronic ones, they would have had dates on them. Yeah, they would have. But this is mechanical, so... <clears throat> anyway, let's not talk about watches. <laughs> <laughs> That's another podcast. I think it is. Um, but let's launch straight into what have we been doing in the last little while in gaming. Mm-hmm. Who would like to go first? I went first last time, so. but Matt's shaking his head. Okay. Do you want to go first? I guess I can go first, yeah, seeing as I went last last time. Yep, makes sense. Um, but then Matt will always be in the middle. We need some rotation. No, mm. I'm just joking. Go first. Okay, I will. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so I haven't actually been playing much at all. I mean, it's only been a week since we recorded last. I haven't mm-hmm. played any video games. I've only been playing a bit of pinball. Mm-hmm. But I guess the major thing I've been doing in gaming is um, the shoot we did for 1989, the barcade in Newtown, Mm -hmm. Um, Sydney's only barcade in the traditional sense, as in it has classic arcade games. It doesn't have any pinball, which is a bit of a shame, but he is looking at getting some pinball machines in there. So he did say he wanted to get pinball? He did, but um, he is struggling with space. Right. Because 1989 is a pretty tight space, yep. and a pinball machine takes up quite a bit of space. Yep. It um, takes up... Well, it's like having two arcade machines, even though yep. it comes out from the wall, I guess it wouldn't seem that way. But in terms of floor space in a bar, it's the space that someone would be standing, Yep. and then that means that there's extra space for them to stand, which is a space where a table might be. Yes. And it's, it's all the same, so it's basically like two arcades yep. for one pinball. He was also talking about he'd like some sit-down driving games like Daytona and stuff like that, which is super yep. popular, but he's got no room That's to put something like that. It's just massive. like... It's even bigger than a pinball machine. Yeah. So, but he still wants to do it. He's still playing around with the space, but the reason why I know this is that yeah, we sat down and had a bit of an interview with mm. Ben from 1989, who owns the place and runs the place. Yeah. Um, recorded a great interview and probably will release it on a future podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the audio is okay. There's a bit of background noise because obviously it's a bar. Yep. Um, but it was reasonably quiet um, and, and the interview's really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got some good stuff to talk about. Yep. And yeah. usually... Sorry, sorry, John? I was just going to say... I met him um, a while ago because I was working at Canteen, which is like right across the road from where 1989 is, really close. 
and it was <laughs> it was a weird experience because I knew there was not really any barcades in Sydney and I saw this sign 1989 I was like that looks cool but usually when you see those kinds of signs it's always like a uh, it's like not real it's like a mirage you know it's like in the old days when you're a kid and you're in an RSL and you see like gaming room and you're like arcades awesome and it's mm. actually just um, poker machines slap, or yeah, something yeah poker machines yeah and so it was like that and then I went and had a look and I'm like no it's actually like arcade machines I'm like that's awesome so and then I ended up going and speaking to him and he had a super sorry a master system there and I just bought like a, a group of games off Gumtree that had come in like a package that the guy didn't want to separate, which was fair enough. But I think I paid $10 and what I wanted it for was rock and roll racing. It was a cart only on Mega Drive, mm. um, rock and roll racing, but it was untested. He said he didn't know if it worked and four Master System games. Um, All up for 10 bucks Plus shipping. I think it cost me like 17 in total. That's pretty good. And I was like, yeah, I'll do that. Hmm. worth taking a chance and I think most games if they don't work like that it's just because the pins need to be cleaned hmm. and so I got that and I asked him because I didn't have a master system the rock and roll racing worked I knew it worked by that time because I got home and cleaned it up at work and then I asked him can I try my master system games on your console and he's like yeah of course bring them over try them he was super nice hmm. and I tried them out and they all worked and so now they're just sitting in my cupboard because I don't really know what to do with them. They're not worth much. Mm. Um, but at least I know they all work. Yeah. Um, and yeah, spoke to him and found out his story. Really interesting mm. um, story. And Yeah, he's a, he's a really accommodating and friendly guy. Mm. What you would expect in the retro gaming community because most people are. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, that was a really good interview and I probably won't talk about too much of yeah. the detail of what we did talk about in mm. the interview because I'll more than likely put it in a podcast. Yep. You'll have to listen to episode three. Three or maybe. four or something. We'll Six see or... what happens. <laughs> but um, in talking about what we did there at 1989, I mean, by this time that people are listening to this, it would be up on the site, gamethesystem.co, um, in a new area that we're sort of launching, which is around places that people play games. Previously, yep. we only did player features, people who, who play, obviously, mm -hmm. um, but now we're sort of branching out to where people go to play games yep. and cool spaces like that. Um, so yeah, by the time you're listening to this, that should be posted unless something drastically went wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, but at this stage, as of recording, we've done that interview, we've done the shots. It looks like we've got some really good shots in there, but the photographer Matt Venables might go back again because huh. um, the lighting wasn't what he wanted it was a very overcast day yep. and obviously you wouldn't think of those sort of things if you're inside yep. but he had sort of visions of the sun streaming in through the windows as he was okay. taking pictures of people you know playing board That'd games cool. or whatever yeah. so yeah the lighting wasn't what he hoped for yep. so he's probably going to go back again but again yeah. since Yep. By the time people are listening to this, it should be posted. Yep. Yeah. He's real close to there anyway, isn't he? So. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, it's a fun place to go. Yeah. So. <laughs> Although exactly. He, he's not really a video game guy, though. No. It's, <laughs> it's a bit outside his element. Well, in saying that, he does that as a job, taking pictures of 
products, commercial businesses. He does a lot of work for uh, Black Star Pastry. So oh. I don't know if he's a particular pastry enthusiast, but yeah, he does that as work. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, hopefully everyone enjoys those. Um, do you know what other places you're thinking of? Spoilers. I do. Is it a secret? No, it's not a secret. It's a, it's a logistical problem. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, cool. So because 1989 is the only barcade in Sydney, the, the other barcades oh. are obviously in other states. Oh, yeah, that's so what you mean. We're talking about barcades. Unless, unless you lower the standard of what a barcade is. Yeah, yeah. And there's a few other places. I mean, there's lots of places in Sydney that has pinball machines. Yeah. Mm. And maybe a cocktail cab with a, like a, I don't know, what do they call a 70 in one board or something like that. Mm -hmm. But not what you would classically describe as a barcade, which is a place with classic arcade machines as well as pinball. Mm. Um, and we don't have that in Sydney besides 1989. Mm. Um, there's Archie's Electric Circus, which has yeah. just opened. But from what I hear from people who've been there, and you've been there, Matt. Yeah. It's all redemption stuff. Yeah, is that right? So no classic stuff. Hmm. And no so they have. I mean, they have retro bits. Like there's a big Space Invaders. It's not Space Invaders. Like no, you know, it's like the original one. It's Space Invaders. Yeah, with yeah. all the flashy. Yeah, like things. the Pac-Man yeah. things, the giant Pac-Man. It feels like a bit of a cash in those games. Um, is that the one that's like a, a gun game where it's like you've got a big laser sight? Oh. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't look very closely at it. But oh. It seemed like a something. There's one at Time Zone that's basically like it's a redemption version of like Space Invaders, hmm. and it's got all the aliens on the screen, obviously. But it's like got one of those in place guns that swivels on a thing, mm -hmm. and you basically just shoot like you aim and shoot at the the aliens, mm. and you don't have like a ship on screen mm. from memory. Mm. Not that I. I didn't pay a lot of attention to it either, but um, it was there, and that's what I saw of it. And it's just, it's so weird. Like, it's mm. its pretty cool. It looks cool, but I don't know. I feel like it's a bit of a, it's a bit cheap. Yeah. I've heard that about the Space Invaders one, but apparently the Pac-Man one, the, the giant Pac-Man, where it might be four or eight player Pac-Man or something mm. like that, it's a massive cabinet. Mm. Apparently that's a lot of fun. That's that's supposed to be quite good and sort of based on yeah. what was it, Pac-Man Championship Edition on mm -hmm. Xbox 360 that was regarded as one of the best Pac-Man games of all time. That's mostly what they remind me of. Mm. It's like looks kind of like the old ones until things get going and then there's all flashy. Yeah, all sorts of know, stuff going on. Psychedelic things happening. Yeah. Yeah. I guess if it takes an idea and is making something fun out of it, then I like that. I mean, maybe I should just play that game and see if I like it. Not the Pac-Man, I mean the Space Invaders thing. Hmm. But it's it's a redemption game, I guess that's really the difference because it yeah. ends up being about, like, if you can clear the level, then you get 200 tickets, you know, yeah. or something. And um, then it be doesn't become about the game anymore. It's just about getting the tickets. Yeah. It's, yeah. But the Pac-Man I'd like to play, which brings me back to... Mm -hmm. <laughs> From last episode, yeah, <laughs> Pac-Man versus Galaga. Galaga. <laughs> Gallagher. And I remember you said all the cool kids were playing Galaga. Mm -hmm. You said all the cool kids were playing Galaga. Mm -hmm. That and is you a were playing Pac-Man. Yeah. 
And I, I've played a lot of Galaga, but I haven't played much Pac-Man. I have played Pac-Man, but I mean, everyone plays Pac-Man, but I don't. I don't think it's as fun. Can you um, as Galaga? Tell me what's fun about <laughs> Pac-Man. Is that gonna? There'll <laughs> be hate mail for this. I'm not saying. I'm not saying it's not fun. Mm. I just think Galaga is more fun. Mm. Um, I would say, as a child, Pac-Man was much more approachable. Mm-hmm. Galaga, Galaga. Mm. Um, as I said, was surrounded by all the cool kids and the grown-up kids. Okay. As that was kind of a, you know, a space theme. You're killing yeah. aliens. You're doing all this kind of stuff. And back then, it was. It was the new I mean, great thing, right? Oh, the game may be. I was going to say that the theme is not was not new. I think no. a lot of video games were space yep. shooting things. Yeah, 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 yeah. To get some perspective, we should check what years they are. Is it hmm. similar? Was Pac-Man before? I've, or a lot uh, before? I don't know. Matt's looking on his phone. It'll take a while. <laughs> and while he's doing that, I, I guess I can keep talking. But yeah, Pac-Man was... I believe much more approachable for young people and women as well. And that was the person who designed and, and made that game. Well, that didn't take that long. No. So Pac-Man 1980, Galga 1981. Right. Oh, so, so very similar. Pretty much the same, yeah. But the guy who made Pac-Man, he said that himself, that he... Oh. But Galaga's the second one, right? Is Galaxy. Yeah, that's right. What? Yeah, Galaga's the... Galaga? Galaga. Now I'm getting confused. <laughs> Galaga's the sequel to Galaxian. Okay, so Galaxian's 1979. Mm. Right. But yeah, the, the designer um, of Pac-Man made Pac-Man as a direct result of, you know, seeing these space shooting games and wanting yeah. to make a game that was more approachable for, for women gamers, for, for children. Um, so it was almost meant to be a less violent Kind yeah, of thing. it was meant to be just fun. Mm. Yeah, and which is interesting because I would also say nowadays that I still prefer Pac-Man to Galaga. I'm not a big Galaga fan. Yeah, I mean exactly. That's why we're having this conversation. Yeah, because I don't understand that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's but I've, yeah. ne- I've never been a shooter fan. There's only a couple of shooters. What do that you I mean? Really you love. played Quake competitively. That's not a shooter. We're talking. <laughs> Well, oh, like shmup a, first first person right, okay. shooter are right. two very different. I things. mean, I knew that. I was just, you know, for the listeners, like, oh, of course, just establishing the difference. <laughs> <laughs> um, I found the artistic style of Pac-Man much more interesting. Gallagher is obviously iconic, yep. but Pac-Man even more so, I would say. Um, and I just, I just find it more interesting. Yeah. And, and like I said, there's only a couple of shmups that I actually like. Um, mm-hmm. R-Type. Yep. I absolutely love R-Type. That's an amazing game. Yep. That's probably... Raiden 2. That's like one of the few shmups that I actually enjoy playing. R-Type. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I the top-down ones, all those ones, I mean, people love them. And maybe I... I don't know. It's, it's very... They're very hard. They get very hard. Mm. The other thing I don't like is like constantly pushing the button I don't mm. know if it's the difference between I think between a controller and an arcade I find like the constant button press- pressing on the arcade like as fast as you can mm. um, very um, draining mm. and after like 10 minutes I'm like I can't do this anymore <laughs> <laughs> so 
Yeah. Hmm. I find that difficult. Um, but with R-Type, you could only... It was similar to Galaga, wasn't it? Like, you could only have a certain number of shots on screen? Or is that wrong? No, that, that, was, a, that was a button measure as well. Okay. Well, and then you get the more breaks because a lot of the time you're charging up yeah. your, your weapon to fire. Yeah. And so then you, if you had, like, a laser weapon or something... Yeah, that was covered the whole yeah, screen. You, you anyway. didn't need to fire as often. Yeah, yeah. Um, and but yeah, Galaga was only two bullets on screen at a time. Yeah, something like that. So I think I um, was yeah, because I guess because I grew up, I always loved starships and like star battles and you know um, any kind of dog fighting um, fighters. Star fighters is always my one of my favorite things. And uh, the movie. No, Wait. just just I mean in general, like starship oh, fighting, right. I see like, what you're saying. not starship like fighter, like fighter ships, like small ships, like X-wings, Tie fighters, mm. and like the um, ones from Battlestar Galactica. Mm. Yeah, always loved that. Anyway, so that's probably why maybe I was drawn more to that. Mm. But then, and now I understand the difference. I feel like maybe it's not a fair comparison in terms of gameplay because when you think about Galactican, Galactican, Galactian, <laughs> when you think about Galaxian in comparison to Galaga, I think in terms of gameplay, um, Galaga is a lot more interesting with yeah. the levels changing over time. Yeah, I never really liked Galaxian. Yeah, and then yeah, see, I don't enjoy really playing it that much either. And mm. I don't want to. <laughs> again, we're offending more and more people, but <laughs> it's just an opinion. Um, so, and then when you think about, you have like Galaxian, and then next we have Pac-Man, which is a bit more interesting gameplay-wise, maybe. Put myself out on a limb saying that. Um, and then one more evolution to Galaga, where it's, I, I think at that time maybe they were thinking about ways that they could make the gameplay a bit more interesting. Mm. Um, and you can see how that's like a natural evolution. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess with all of that said, I can't say I'm a big fan of either game, Pac-Man or right. Galaga. I mean, I don't play them very often. Yeah. But I just have more fond memories of Pac-Man, mm. and I think that's just because, you know, walking into arcades as a child, that was the game I used to play. Yeah. That and uh, Moon Patrol. Yeah. And I think actually Moon Patrol was probably the first arcade game I ever played. Right. Which I. I probably like Moon Patrol more than Pac-Man, but again, I'm not hugely a big fan of any of them. Yep. I just have fond memories of them. Mm. Mm. Uh, yeah. yeah. I suppose at this would be a good time to mention, if you disagree with us, <laughs> come to the Game the System forums and explain. Yeah. GameTheSystem.co, go to forums and uh, yeah. tell us how wrong we are. Yeah. I mean, people, <laughs> people love those games, so... Oh yeah, yeah, and I have the utmost respect for people who are so good at those games that they can just destroy them. Mm. Um, one one guy I know, I've I've never actually met in person, um, but he lives in Colorado. He's one of the only people in the world that have done a perfect game in Pac-Man, and it's kind of an interesting story how we met. Um, I went over to the U.S. and Colorado for for work. Mm -hmm. And I just had to go to the one-up arcade, one-up barcade, because mm -hmm. um, I'd heard so much about it, and I just happened to be in Colorado, so of course I need to go there. Mm -hmm. 
And I went there and, you know, my colleague, my work colleague, he's not very much into games, but he came along anyway. And we played a couple of games and I, I don't know why I did this, but I left a few of my cards on the tables, um, like business cards for gamersystem.co. Yep. Just left them on the table and we were only there for about an hour and then we left and, you know, I flew home to Australia and all that kind of stuff. Mm. And a couple of weeks later, this guy on Twitter DMs me and says, hey, I picked up your card. Um, are you hanging around? Are you s still here? Or I said, oh, no, I'm, I'm back in Australia. And then we got talking over Twitter and, yeah, that's where I found out that he's one of the best players in the world at Pac-Man. Yeah, cool. Um, and I'm hoping to meet him in person one of these days when we when I finally get back over there and mm. go to one up. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of weird how you you meet these people, but I have the utmost respect, like I was saying, for people who can play to that level. Mm. Um, yeah. Anyway, it's, it's a crazy yeah. It's just like when we what we were talking about last time of the competitions at PAX and how there's people um, who are like so good at particular games and I guess they just, I don't know, they just play them a lot mm. and have, have endurance <laughs> mm. to keep playing. But also the, the skill. I actually still believe that there's an inherent skill mm -hmm. in being at that top level um, because, you know, I Quake, uh, Quake, Matt and I used to play Quake competitively um, you know we got quite good and we we might win the odd tournament here and there but there was always those guys yeah that were just on another level yep. and all of the really good players in Australia mm. couldn't even get near and then that person would go overseas and play the top of the top level yep. and they just get smashed by everyone else right. yeah so there's always that I think no matter how much you play, there's always still that inherent skill mm. element mm -hmm. that you're just either born with or I don't know. But yeah. Oh, that's an interesting. We're getting into like, what is it? Genes versus mm. environment. There's a better way nature of saying and nurture. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And yeah, oh. I find it with pinball as well. Obviously, we all have played in competitive pinball. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, I have a few friends that like to discuss the theory of pinball skill and mm. training and yes. how do you get good and oh, all this kind okay. of stuff. And yeah. uh, I thought you were going to talk about, I thought you were talking about IFPA rankings and like who should be where. Uh, no, I wasn't going to, wasn't going to go into that. It's more, it's more that, you know, we discuss these ideas around mm. how you improve your skill. Yep. And often we come down to just playing a lot. Yeah. If you can play as much as you possibly can play. Like I know yep. some people, like Steve Edwards, who used to be the number one pinball player in Australia, yep. he used to say his training regime before a major tournament was playing for eight hours a day or 12 yep. hours a day, yep. two weeks before a competition. Yep. And he's an amazing player. Mm. But That's ultimately I think it still comes down to that extra bit of skill that you're just you just happen to have and no matter how much you play i don't think you can you can get past that i know what you're talking about you're talking about the x factor <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe i think yeah i think that being having the kind of i hate to say it scientific mind or scientific way of thinking about things 
I think that the X factor is just a lot of small things that mm. go together mm. and even possibly interact with each other to produce just the right set of circumstances mm. that allow someone to be really good at something. Mm. So, and often it's the interaction that makes it so difficult to understand because you can't just say, um, you know, that they had this thing and this thing and this thing that added up to mean that they were one step ahead of everyone else. Mm. It was that they had the right personality that happened to interact with um, the fact that their parents, you know, gave them the time to um, work on that or whatever. It's, mm. yeah, it's very complex and maybe too complicated to get into. But, mm. um, yeah, I think the X factor is like... A lot of things, small things that are hard to quantify that maybe mm. even interact with each other to produce a result that allows someone to get ahead. And when you look at like elite athletes, that's essentially what it is, you know. Um, and mm. people, you know, a lot of people look at, at, at people who are super successful and they're like, oh man, I wish I had that skill that they had. Um, but what what they're not realizing is not only do they have the skill, but they have to work really hard and also mm. be really lucky yeah. at the same time. It's like this combination of elements that go together. Yeah. It's not just one thing, it's so many things, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was, when I studied a bit of sports psychology, just a little bit, um, they talked about there's that whole 10,000 hours rule to become uh, a master at something. Mm -hmm. um, I think they've since. After more research, they are revising that idea, but the basic theory is that you need to put in 10,000 hours into a particular thing to become a master at that skill. Hmm. And the guy who came up with that idea studied people in all different elements, so like tennis players and like violin players and hmm. different skills, and he kind of just found that to become like a master, you needed to be doing it for that long. Hmm. Another interesting um, point was that they worked out in, in sports psychology usually four hours a day apparently, from what I remember in my reading, was like the perfect amount of practice or training time per right. day. So like, and, and how that's worked out is based on all the other things you need to do in your life to um, have a balanced life. Hmm. So you spend so much time sleeping and then, you know, you have to make your bed and go to the bank and like eat food and do all this other stuff. Hmm. Um, <laughs> and then you have four hours of solid practice time. But then the other trick to it is that it's directed practice. So you don't just go and practice and just do whatever. You actually say, okay, today I'm going to work on this element of hmm. my skill. Mm. and you work on that so in the case of pinball it's you know I'm just gonna work on um, shooting this particular ramp or yeah. like I want to work on my aim so I'm gonna shoot that one ten times and then I'm gonna shoot that one ten times or something like that yeah rather than just blindly playing I think we've gone off track a bit we I think I've gone off track a bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, no well it's, it's a natural progression of what we we're talking about yeah. but yeah it's definitely a fascinating topic and as competitive players or have been previously it's a topic that comes up all the time we talk about it all the time yep
Um, yeah. It's funny though. I find it hard to do that. It's I find it hard to do the directed practice because when I play, I just want to have fun. Mm. So sometimes I'll say to myself that I want to go for a particular goal. Like last night when I was playing the Metallica pinball machine, I was going for, I like to go for, I think it's called Seek and Destroy when you do the ramps. I thought that was Injustice for All. Maybe it's that, Injustice for All. I couldn't remember. Hmm. Um, it's one of them. So you shoot the ramps and each ramp you hit, you get a letter in Metallica. And then once you spell Metallica, yeah. Yeah, it is Injustice for All, because I remember, because it's the statue lady holding the little weight scale things. Yeah, yeah. and then um, the song kicks in yeah. at the the fast part, yeah. as opposed to the beginning that takes 20 minutes to do anything. Yeah. But, you know, I love that song, so I'm not saying it doesn't yeah. do anything. It's oh, a great it's, song. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it's actually, one of the things I love about that game is how they've done that, and the music... Um, which is something we talked a little about last week, but just having that super high quality music. Mm. And I mean, you don't get much better, high, much higher quality than like the biggest bands in the world, you mm. know? And I think that's why those games are so successful. Mm. It's got nothing to do with the fact that they're just music pins. Mm. Anyway, that's a whole nother conversation. But <laughs> um, so yeah, shooting the ramps. So, but it basically meant I was going for ramps, mm. and it's not worth as much points as going for multi-ball, unless you're really good at it. Mm. But it's fun to just go. Okay, this time, instead of going for multi-ball, I'm just going to go for the ramps and go for that mode. Yeah, it can be really frustrating though too. I found that because I I do this myself when I do practice for a tournament coming up, I'll decide. Okay, I'll do this. And usually it's accuracy shots, like I'll, like you said, maybe mm. I'll just go for the left ramp or I'll just go for the right ramp. Because yeah. accuracy has always been the sort of shortfall in my game. Mm. So I'll often do that. But it's super frustrating because when you're failing at it, you get really, you know, angry. Mm. <laughs> and yeah. it's not an enjoyable time. Mm. But at the same time, it's not meant to be enjoyable because you're practicing. Mm. You're training. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But, it, I, yeah, it's not fun, so, hmm. which goes against exactly what a game is, really. Yeah, is and so I find it, sometimes I find it hard to go, okay, I'm going to practice this, because I actually just want to have fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Is that what you guys found when you were training for Quake and stuff? Did you mm. do have training sessions? You must have had training sessions. Yeah, but it's more really? kind of... Matt didn't train. You just play, you just go through the lands. You just play a lot, yeah. Yeah. Training in Quake, or it's dual mainly, mainly, so it's you versus someone else. So training mainly involved with just getting a partner and playing. So how, what, so did you, you were in a team though, right? Or no? Oh, it it can be in a team. We've done, there's team competitions. Yeah. But there was, the main ones were individual comps. Right. Yeah. So used to thinking of, first-person shooters as in teams now because they're mm. all in teams clans yeah, yeah clans. clans yeah <laughs> which is how me and matt met yeah yeah which is kind of weird <laughs> why is that weird i guess it's not these days people meet people in games and then become lifelong friends i mean that is normal now but mm. back then i don't think it was so normal i guess no well it's the beginning of the internet right so yeah it was really early my family didn't understand mm. 
why are you going to Newcastle? Mm. Oh, not to the same, yeah, where, <laughs> why are you going to Melbourne? Mm. Who are you staying with? Mm. How do you, you know, what's this person's name? I'm like, oh, I'm not sure actually. <laughs> How old were you when you were doing that though? Uh, like 20, 19. Oh, okay. Well, that's okay. Oh, I thought you were going to say right. like 16. I'm like, well, I mean. That is a little weird. <laughs> but no, we were, we were adults. Yeah, okay. But yeah, traveling in a state to go to someone's place that you don't actually know their name, you mm. just know their online name. Yeah. Back then was kind of weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. But nowadays it's kind of normal, I suppose. Yeah. And also before mobile phones. Right. So. Oh, oh that's right. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to Melbourne. I can't tell you this guy's name where I'm staying. Why? Well, <laughs> I'll call you from a payphone yeah. when I get there. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no, yeah, I, I guess it is kind of normal now because we all know each other through games. Yep. Um, you and I, John, met through pinball. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt and I met through Quake. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess it's so kind of, long ago. I know. Mm. <laughs> Just thought I'd remind you of that. It was a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. What were we talking about? The games I was playing. Oh, were we? Yeah. I thought we were talking were we? about me. <laughs> Soon. Uh, the other thing yeah, I've been looking forward to it. <laughs> the other thing I've been playing, uh, not much of really, is just some more pinball. Um, so after we did our shoot at 1989, we went to the Raglan Hotel, mm-hmm. which is a fantastic pinball location. Probably, I would say, the best in Sydney. Wow. Um, it's got the Walking Dead. The has gone. It's not so hard to make that distinction. Yeah, but, well, yeah, talking about Coogee Diggers is another topic, I think, seeing as it's, that's closing now. Mm. Um, but also getting to Coogee Diggers was a pain in the arse. So for a lot of people, mm. it wasn't really an option anyway. Mm. Not for you, Matt, who lived around the corner from it. That's enough for you. But I don't know how much, see, I've heard things from little secret sources i don't know how much it has to do with whether or not it was actually successful what do you mean um i mean without saying too much that i think that maybe the people involved with running it had a disagreement possibly yeah this is, this is public split. information there's no is it there's no secrets it's all on aussie arcade and oh, okay and i spoke to norbert uh, myself when we were there for that sort of a celebration of what he's done and then, you know, the closure mm. and stuff like that. And and he said outright, you know, like, he was really enjoying what he was doing. And Norbert's the guy who runs the pinball side of Coogee mm. Diggers, the pinball HQ. Mm. Um, but then the, the people who owned the pub or the hotel or whatever it is, mm. as of this year, requested more of the profit, profit or some of the profit. Oh. Um, and Norbert was already running on basically a loss. Right. So when they made that request, he said, well, can't do it. It's not viable. Mm. Um, Combine that with him moving up to the Central Coast. Ah. Um, pretty much meant that he just had to close it. Okay. It just wasn't a viable business anymore. Which is mm. a, a big shame, because, yeah, it was a great place. That's Certainly. A, that's actually not exactly what I heard. Right, but I don't know if I I don't want to go and say anything that may or may not. It's all hearsay. Yeah, that's so right. it may or may not be true. Yeah, um, yeah, and, and even if 
Norbert has told me that information himself, that might not be the whole story. Because mm. he might not want to say what actually yep. is the reasons. The, is there still going to be some games there? Because I saw there was Probably like two a couple. Or three. Okay. Yeah. Are they owned by the pub or something? or? I think they're owned by... Is the guy's name Rod? Oh, Rod. I thought all Rod's games were gone. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I just heard there's going to be one or two there as opposed to the, what was there, 15? Something like that. Right. Uh, but it does. I suppose if Norbert's moving, it does make sense for Rod to keep games there because I think Rod's got heaps of games. Hmm. He's a really nice guy. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, so played some games at the Raglan. Matt came down and joined us. Joined myself, Matt Venables, Paulie, um, Alex, who is Paulie's partner. And we just played some games. We played... What did we play? Tales from the Crypt? Yeah. Starting to warm to that game. That's a... Pretty fun game, and it's right up my alley being sort of B-grade horror. So you're starting to block out the crazy laughing and becoming yeah, this background Yeah, I don't noise. really hear it anymore. <laughs> and actually, I hear a lot of people complain about that, but mm. it's never really bothered me. It's not the sort of thing to bother me. I don't know, maybe when you grow up playing video games, you just get used to like noises like that. Because mm. the computer just plays it when it's supposed to be played, so mm. Mm. Uh, it's not... Just, yeah. Mm. Like any game, like Pole Position. <laughs> um, but yeah, starting to warm to that game I used to just go for multi-ball Which was sort of a tournament strategy So you're in a tournament You walk up the Tales from the Crypt You pretty much want to start multi-ball mm -hmm. But now playing it casually And learning a bit more from Matt Venables and Paulie Telling us what we should be going for Going for the modes Trying to complete as many modes as possible mm -hmm. Around the, the ring of however many there is, maybe 10 modes or something like that. Mm -hmm. How um, do you start the modes in that game? So you light the modes by shooting the left or right orbit, mm -hmm. and then you start it by going in the scoop. Seems easy enough. Yeah, and uh, you can actually chain them, so you can start one, and then shoot the uh, left orbit, and then go in the hole and start another one. So it's like Adam's <coughs> Family and The Simpsons, mm. where you can mm. have multiple going at once? Yeah, or, yeah. okay. But some of them won't allow you to start one until you've finished okay. the previous. But I didn't get to that level where I understood all of that stuff just yet. Is it like Adam's Family where the mode, the points you score in the mode end up in the bonus? Or you no, just score them it, as you it go? Just, yeah, it just gives you the points as you go. Okay. Um, cool. Yeah. Is that so one of those really high scorers where it's like stupid amount of points? Uh, I guess in the... For the day, it probably would have been, because it does go up to the hundreds of millions. Okay. But yep. nowadays, that's nothing, because you're going into the billions. Yep. Well, um, it depends what you're playing, but... Yeah, true. It's like with... Well, classically, Attack from Mars is a really high scorer, where it's like, if you don't get a billion, then you've got a shit score. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, I don't even... Is, is it, what's a billion like? That's A billion's pretty average, too, isn't it? It's like, you've got something, but... A billion still on bad. Attack from Mars is bad. Yeah. If you're in a comp and you do a, do a billion, which I have done many times, and less than, yeah. <laughs> you're stuffed. So what's respectable? Five billion? What's the replay usually at? You're probably asking the wrong person. I don't oh. know too much about Attack from Mars. Uh, Matt, what's respectable? Uh, I don't know. There's no one else here. But uh, <laughs> if I'm playing in a comp and I get to two billion, I'm happy. Only because yeah. I suck at that game. 
Whereas other I, people can do yeah, a lot more. I'm about the same, I think. Mm. From memory, yeah. Around that range would be when you'd be getting to the, um, what's it called, the final mode? Um, there's two. Oh, no, you mean the final, final mode. Isn't no, that... Um, I just mean... Um, when Once you shoot all the shots three times, what's that mode Oh, called? that's total annihilation. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're getting to around 2 billion, you're ready, almost ready to start total annihilation, mm. I think, from mm. memory. I remember one particular brutal game, um, playing that in comp. What comp was it? The Lake Macquarie Pinball Open? Mm -hmm. Maybe the first one, maybe the second one. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Myself. Excellent competition. It is an excellent competition. <laughs> Run by Brett what, Goodwin. Did you think I was being disingenuous? No, I, I thought you were very genuine. Yeah, the last one was good. We did the flip frenzy. Hmm. <laughs> mm. um, but yeah, run by our friend Brett Goodwin and um, Naomi Goodwin. Um, but yeah, it, I was in a group of myself, Matt Venables, and Richard Rhodes. Hmm. Good group. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean. I can sometimes go well against those guys. Let me guys, guess, you were the last group finished. It was probably something like that. But all <laughs> I remember is that they'd play their ball for about 15, 20 minutes, and then I'd step up and launch, and then the ball would go, <laughs> and then they'd walk back up and play again for 20 minutes. That can be... That was brutal. It's so demotivating. That was really demotivating. <laughs> Even though you know exactly what's going to happen, mm -hmm. you're like, I won't let it get to me. It got to me. It hurts so much. <laughs> <laughs> they were in the many billions, like I think they were 10 billion, 12 billion each, Jeez. and I didn't even make a billion, I think I was 700 million. Mm -hmm. It was, that was tough. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah. If you're not in at least a billion, you really, I mean, I remember, <laughs> I think I remember Eddie once saying when we were playing in New Zealand, and I, I think I only had like five billion, five hundred million on like ball three, mm -hmm. and he's like, you mustn't have even hit the skill shot. I'm like, oh, I did. <laughs> but he was talking about the super skill shot. Oh, right. so I, which I didn't know about. And then he ta told me about the super skill shot, which is much better. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yes. We should probably talk about what the super skill shot is. Uh, you should talk about it because I don't know it very well. So, for, so... I'm pretty sure it's like Metallica. You hold yeah, down you hold the left flipper, flipper and you launch the ball and it goes all the way around. Yeah. And then you've got to hit it up the middle. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the bonus is that it gives you, like it gets counted towards your shot towards the middle. Or you don't actually, have to hit the middle. Oh, you, you can don't? hit any major shot. Really? Yeah. As far as I remember, that's the super skill, but you want to hit the middle. I think it was, I think because if you hit the middle, it automatically yeah. drops the yeah, that's why. thing. Yeah. So it's super good to do the super skill shot mm. not just for Funny the points that. well you say that like it's a given but <laughs> it's not always the case <laughs> no it's it's actually hard because in that comp that I was talking about against Richard and um, and Matt I tried to do the super, super skill shot and missed it and just drained the ball and the ball mm. save was off yeah so that was the end of my ball wow yeah brutal yeah it was it was good fun <laughs> Sounds like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, we also played some Theatre of Magic at the Raglan. Mm -hmm. That's the game that actually started me playing pinball. Mm. Um, so I, I sort of started 
playing pinball on Pinball Arcade on the iPad. Because mm-hmm. obviously I'd played a couple of pinball games back in the arcades, um, back when I used to go to into arcades, but I never really, never really was interested in it. Mm. I always thought they were luck boxes. You you launch mm. the ball and you hope for the best, and yeah. you clap about and something happens, and then you lose the ball and that's it. Yep. It's amazing how much difference it makes when you actually know the rules to the game. Yeah. And Pinball Arcade, that's what made Pinball Arcade so good, mm. is that they lay out the rules mm. and they also make it achievement based. So they say, do this thing three times and mm-hmm. you'll get this and then you get this achievement. Mm-hmm. And as me as a video gamer, highly into achievements at the time, mm-hmm. Xbox 360 and so forth, mm-hmm. that sort of broke it down to a level to me that I could understand. I just had like a thought, and this is how Jersey Jack should be using the Bluetooth connectivity with their phone. Mm. Can you imagine if dialed in had achievements? Mm. That would be so cool. And you could, it could also remember your best score. Like, here's your best score ever. Mm. And then it could like location stamp that score. You Brighter Pinbot 2.0 does that. Oh, does it? Yeah. You mean someone actually did yeah, something Yeah, someone good? thought about this. Yeah. But then I would argue that achievements are kind of not in anymore. I don't think anyone cares about them anymore. Do you, Matt? No, we're just older. I think that's the reason. Not really. <laughs> so you think the younger generation is still into achievements? No. Because uh, back in the Xbox 360 days when achievements were new, everyone was chasing those things. Yeah, it, was, it was an obsession. Yeah. But now, I, I, I don't know. I don't really see people chasing it anymore. I listen to podcasts like the Giant Bomb podcast. They don't talk about achievements much really? anymore. Little bits here and there. I think... You might be right in terms of video games, but in the end, it's like a goal, right? I mean, and the better you are at something, the more likely to complete a number of goals. Mm. If pinballs had achievements, if I had an app on my phone that could somehow connect to different pinball games mm. and have achievements, mm. that would be awesome. Because mm. imagine like if, if uh, and they could all be, it's almost like pin golf, like, where you have different goals that aren't related to getting a score. So yep. imagine if we met up one day and, and you're like, oh, what's going on? I'm like, oh, I just got um, on, you know, I don't know, Brighter Pinbot, let's mm. say. I just got... Um, the billion shot, say. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a, an obvious one. It's a, maybe that's a bad example. I don't know what a better example would be, but... There's so many things where it's just like sub-goals, it's just something mm. else to do. Mm. And that would give you so much more to do. Like at the moment, they're trying to make these rules that are so complicated, mm. they could just add other goals that aren't related to score. So yeah. the score could be, getting a high score is the goal of the competition player, but then anyone else, you know, it could be, like maybe with um, uh, the Game of Thrones one is a good example because it could be like I finished this house I finished that house or I finished every single house you know Mm. or something like that and at the moment the goal of that is to get to like a wizard mode Mm. but it doesn't have to be that it could just be like an achievement and then you could say oh I did this and you've got it all recorded that you did that you know or whatever or even not even just have it sort of go to your phone but show it on the screen you know achievement unlocked or something you've done this and Mm. yeah I think it's yeah, it's yeah, it's anything that's goal directed that mm. adds extra goals. I, I think, think that's makes that makes better. that would make pinball more approachable for people. Yeah, because then it's more understandable. Yeah, they go, oh, I just do this, this, and this, and then I get that. Mm. Whereas 
it's very unapproachable now because you, you press the button and mm. like I said, you flip the ball around mm. and then you lose the ball and then you yep. go, well, why did I spend $2 doing that? Yeah. Imagine it. I feel like this is something that's missing from pinball actually because imagine if Metallica like is a good example because you could say have your level one goals and go, okay, your level one goals is start Sparky multi-ball, mm. start Snake multi-ball, like all the multi-balls. Mm. And I think there's a good chance that people who are new, when they step up and play, yeah, they'll go for Sparky and they'll realize, oh, okay, it starts a multi-ball. Mm. And then they'll do that and that's what they do every time. But mm. if they had the, the app with the goals, they would go, oh, okay, cross multi-ball, grave marker multi-ball, I think of it as cross. <laughs> mm. What's grave marker multi-ball? And then they have to look at the rules and go, oh, I have to hit this thing a number of times. Okay, I'll go for that. And they try that. And then they start to learn the rules yeah. because they're more goal-directed than they were before. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I think Pinball Arcade has brought in a lot of new people into pinball mm. because of that, because they did break it down into sort of goal-based mm. things as opposed to just going for a score. Yeah. And as a person who has played video games all my life, Score was never interesting. Mm. Mm. I mean, maybe in the old, really old classic game, score is something to go for. Mm. But you always want to try and finish the game. Mm. You know, finish it on one credit or something mm. like that. Mm. Whereas pinball, it's all score-based. Unless mm. you know, there's, there's rules, there's things you can go for and all that kind of stuff. Mm. So yeah, pinball arcade's been great for a lot of people to be introduced into pinball. Yeah. And again, that's how I got introduced to it sort of got addicted to Theatre of Magic on Pinball Arcade mm. and then found one in a pub, started mm. playing that. Yep. And yeah. Yeah. Now I fell down the, the black hole of pinball playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like maybe that's the the competitive element is what attracts us to try and get higher scores. And then yeah, if that extra goal directed or that that extra goal was there, maybe it would bring people in that mm. were less competitive. You know, mm. like imagine if you could say, "Oh, I'm a, I've got, you know, a hundred percent across all the games at the courthouse or something." Mm. You know, that'd mm. be cool. Yeah, I think <laughs> maybe the head-to-head -head tournament structure that's just started coming out now. Maybe that will help people to understand because that's two machines two mm. of the same machine sitting next to each other mm. two people step up and start playing and you've got a goal mm. start such and such multiple mm. and the mm. first person to do that wins mm. that's a great idea mm. yeah I, I actually have to look that up because i want to watch it happening mm. i haven't seen them doing it yet but mm. i know there's been a few is it was it at indisc they did it uh i can't remember oh, i'll have to look it up mm. yeah that sounds really cool uh, yeah, so I think that's what I've been playing. Other than that, I um, dusted off my SX64, which is the portable, portable, I'm using air quotes, oh. Commodore 64. Um, that's a big grey box, right? Yeah, and yeah. it's really heavy, because it's got a monitor built in, a, a disk drive built in. It's, it's bloody heavy. Um, I only know what it looks like, because I saw you moving it before. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason why I dusted that off is because... Uh, I sort of have had a hankering to play some Commodore 64 games recently because mm -hmm. my Commodore 64 monitor has been dead for a couple of years now. I know what's wrong with it. I'm going to repair it at some stage once I order the parts. Yep. 
but yeah, so I haven't had a Commodore 64 to play for a few years, and I just thought, ah, oh, I want to sort of mm. play something, and I've got this SX64 sitting there, why don't I, you know, dust it off, and so I got that all set up on the lounge room table and played a couple of SID tunes, and then, I don't know, that did other things, but yeah, that was kind of fun to break that out and play the old Commodore. You looked like you might have had something to say about the achievement thing. Oh, what we're getting Not old. Really. Do we, the reason why <laughs> it doesn't seem like it's a big thing in our oh, no, like in relation we're to not using the modern systems. We don't have oh, tons yeah. of people in the friends list. Oh yeah, so you think it's a perspective thing, like it's our perspective. The other non, only non-perspective thing, uh, achievement design may have gone downhill, I think. Oh yeah, you think they're getting lazy with it? Yeah. Okay. So compared, so the 360 had rules about there's, there's only this many achievements and they have to be worth like this much. Oh really? Particular things. Okay. Um, now it's just carte blanche like. No, I don't think it is. Start I, I, the game. Well, I don't have an exponent, so I don't know. But <laughs> okay. you look at Steam, which has achievements. Yeah. And you just get a list, just a list. Yeah. Scroll down. Yeah, and it's kind of silly if it's like you finished level one, like well, yeah, that's the whole goal of the game. Yeah, I think it's good. Well, I mean, I think ping golf is a good example of a non-traditional goal and how it actually makes the game fun. It's like refreshes the game because you have to go for things that you wouldn't normally go for. And so I think that an achievement could potentially do the same thing in pinball. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and part of those restrictions was you can 100% the game. And so that's what the goal was oh. a bunch of the time. If it looked like the, the achievement design was enough that you could get it, you probably would go for it. What, so in some games you can't 100% get achievements, or...? Um, I mean, sometimes they'd just be too hard. Yeah. Or a lot of the time it was for us, or for me anyway, on the 360, there's, there's a bunch dedicated to single player and a bunch dedicated to multiplayer. Right. So oh, you get okay. a game like Left 4 Dead, which I really enjoy, but I didn't care about multiplayer. Yeah. I got all the single player ones. Yeah. None of the multiplayer ones. Yeah. No, actually, there's a difference to that. I think <laughs> Left 4 Dead... Oh, no, yeah. We just cheesed all the multiplayer ones. Yeah, we did get them. Yeah, okay. So we just go into a game and play totally, you know, unproductive yeah. just to get the achievement and then leave. So um, my entire January and a little bit of December, like basically since holiday break, the only thing, I haven't been playing many games because all I've been doing is working on a ROM hack mm. for River Raid. Right, this is that thing that I was trying to guess the reason why you weren't playing many games yeah. and uh, you were going to talk about it later, but then we never did. So, but technically right. we are talking about it later. It's that's true. A it lot is later, later than probably was originally. Intended. But we got there in the end. Yeah, we got there. Yeah. yeah. So I was trying out saving it. It was a bit of mystique, <laughs> you know, suspense. This is the big reveal. Yeah, this is the reveal. Yeah. I'm sure everyone that listened to episode one at the end was like, but what was Matt doing? <laughs> Why wasn't he playing games? 
So explain this ROM hack then. What's what's the deal with this ROM hack? Um, so basically, the idea. Wait, aren't hackers evil people? Well, Matt's pretty evil. Sure. Yeah, I get that from him too. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, but okay. Yeah, well, you know, why hold back? <laughs> True. So basically, River Raid. It's um. Competitively, it's not that great because we found it's been it had been run at PAX a few times mm. in competition, which I've never done. Okay. on the game before. Before we get too far in, yeah. what year is Riverade made originally? It's 1982. <laughs> okay. And in particular, I'm working on the Atari 2600 version. Okay. So there's other versions. Yeah. So there there is a Commodore 64 one. Mm -hmm. There's probably in television, but um, mm -hmm. I can't say I've ever seen it. Mm. And what kind of game is River Raid? It's a vertical shooter. Shoot up. Mm -hmm. Okay. One thing I noted that's different from a lot of other shooting games is that the bullet moves with the plane. Yeah. You can. Okay. You can steer it, right? Yeah, you can. So yeah. that's well. Okay, there's an option where you can do that or not. Oh. Twenty six hundred has difficulty settings. All oh, right. And so you flip oh. the switch to. The that's A. what those switches are for. Yeah. There's right. a bunch of games on Atari that do that, so... Okay. Yeah, I, that's, a, that's a common thing on the 2600, that, yeah, the steering bullets happen in, the, like, the first game anyone ever played combat, mm -hmm. and there's variants where you can steer or not. I didn't mm. realise that. I thought it's it was, like... common in arcade, but... I thought it was a hardware that. limitation, like, the bullet was actually part yeah, of I the plane's so <laughs> sprite or something. I didn't... wasn't sure. Wow. Okay. It wouldn't surprise me. If I had discovered it was a hardware limitation, it wouldn't surprise me. Because mm -hmm. in doing this, you find a lot of the the drama that people have to go through to make a game on mm. these old systems. Mm. That's the sort of thing that could come up mm. at some point mm. to optimize your game yep. to run on a system which was not made to do anything like this. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's yeah, so like the story of that NES game. What was it called again? The worst NES game ever. Oh, is it Backstreet Brawler? No, Bad Street Brawler. Bad Street Brawler. <laughs> I should know because I have it. Yeah. <laughs> That's another story. That's a whole yeah. other story. Yeah. Okay. Not not the worst game, but ended up being known as the worst game due yeah. to hardware limitations because it was ported from something else. Anyway. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure we covered that. <laughs> <laughs> so you're doing this ROM hack why? Um, so a decent player will take probably half an hour to play through a game. Mm. At least, right? Okay, I can play half. Yeah, I, I was just going to so, say. So, a bunch of us playing the, the game a for bunch a tournament. Two. Huh? A bunch meaning two. You and Rob. Yeah, actually, to be fair, there's other people who are good to you. I just don't remember their names. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. um, yeah, so they, they'd slot, you know, that's one or cool two hours, maybe for the comp, and that's enough for a few good players to play. Hmm. And, you know, the rest sit around. Sort of stand around yeah. and. Yeah. And you find two people would walk away and say, oh, I'm never going to beat that and walk. Yeah. Mm. But anyway... Um, yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> so making the game shorter was like part of it. Just putting different rules into the game that can... I mean, might work. Mm. Now, to be fair, are you going to give Rob a, cop a copy of this tournament version so he can play too? Or are you just going to practice oh, and then turn up and... So no, okay. I... <laughs> I wouldn't insist that anyone play it in a tournament anyway. It's just the thing I'm doing. Yeah. So I'm not going to say, hey, the guys at PAX have to 
But the, it, this is a direct result of, actually this is a question, is this the direct result of them pulling River Raid out of the comp last year uh, because the game was going to I totally long? agree that they should have. Like, it, it's, it's not a comp game, really. Yeah. You know. For the good players. Yeah. I mean, you could say that uh, about many games. Yeah. Many games can be exploited by the really good players. Yeah. The skill's all relative. So, what he considers good is just normal to him. True. True. <laughs> but you could get, you know, like say a really good Street Fighter player. The game's not going to go that long, in, no matter how good the player is. Mm. But I yeah, think because it's got it a timer. If, if Actually, that's not true. Because oh. okay. you can double KO, <laughs> um, you, can, you can get draw games yeah. and stuff like that. And in fact, the really good players will do that to... Um, point press, yeah, right, and yeah. I, I used to do it back in the day, and I, I see world record holders doing that now. They'll on purposely get the energy bars to like the left play and the right play are exactly the same point, let the timer run out, then the round starts again, and that's a yeah. way to point press. Yeah. So wouldn't that be against the rules of a lot of comps? Um, well, a lot of comps wouldn't be uh, uh, one player. Comps in Street Fighter would be, you know, two players against each other. So I guess I'm yeah. not really talking about the same thing. I'm just saying oh. that any game or most games can be exploited in some way or another. Right. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, off track. Yeah. So this game's kind of hard to put restrictions on because you play. It wasn't made for it. Yeah, not really. That because the <coughs> well, the I mean, game it's, it's not an arcade game. It's originally console. Game, so they're mm. not like trying to suck money out of you. Yeah. So it doesn't kill you very easily. Yeah. And so you go on for a long time on one life, and then you get extra lives. Does it the just difficulty on. ramp up like as you're playing? It gets it harder, but not. It does. I found out, right? So I don't. It, <laughs> from looking at the code, you find out these things. Yeah, yeah it does mm. a little bit, not enough to really be hugely noticeable, but mm. it does. Like the the minimum width of the river mm. gets smaller as you go, but it, I mean, it's just bigger at the beginning. And then the minimum is smaller after mm. about eight levels or something. Yeah. Mm. I found out. I didn't realize, but you know now. Like, so the first level, the very first level, nothing moves. Mm. So normally yeah. the guys like go left and right, mm. but they'd be sitting there until you get kind of close to them, and then they start moving. But in the first bridge, the first part, they don't move at all. Yeah. Right. Right. And that's something you just didn't even realize back then. Realize. And um. You don't get the jets until a few levels later. Mm. But the jets aren't that hard. I mean, well. Mm. Yeah. So, so what sort of modes are you hacking? Okay, so the game one is just the original game, as is. Mm -hmm. The game two is um, one life and no refueling. So what this... It sounds brutal. I mean, you're going to die. At some point. <laughs> yeah, true. And so that ends up being just to really quickly, as far as, far as you can, get many points as you can. Mm. Does that mean that mm. you're trying to shoot more stuff as you're going along? or? Yeah. Well, actually, I haven't totally bettered down which is the better strategy, if you just yeah. do a methodical shoot everything or if you just fast as you can. So do you get points it's for the distance that you fly? No. Okay. So, so you only get points for you. Kill. Yeah. Right. But the catch is the bridges are worth a lot more than anything else. Uh, so you so sort of want to tear through the stages? Yes. Uh, but how many stages so. can you tear through on one fuel tank? Probably not many. 
Um, it, as it turns out, you can't. You can get through three bridges, but not quite the fourth one. Hmm. Um, just barely short of it, <laughs> in a way that you can't. Uh, you, you could see it. I mm. think. I'm pretty sure you can see it, but you can't get a shot to it. Right. Tantalizingly it close. Hmm. Again, I'm showing my inexperience with this game, but. I thought it was a, a static scroll speed that the screen. Oh, you can at. You control your speed, right? Oh. So there's there's a fast and slow. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just fast and slow. Okay. Mm. Well, um, you know, the idle, which mm. is it's you're always moving, yep. and you can speed up or slow down. Mm -hmm. yeah. Interesting. And game so three. So game three, I think, is the. You think? I try to remember now. Thing. I know. <laughs> the pressure's well, on. Uh, so one of them is the timed game. So I think it's three minutes. Three minutes, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Unlimited lives, so you play whatever you can do in three minutes. Hmm. Yeah. And the fourth game is a speed run. It's a race to the... I think I set it to the fifth bridge, but I may change that. So it's, it adds a timer to the bottom of the screen, clock that counts, and you just all you're doing is trying to get to that bridge, explode it, and then game's over. That sounds really hard. Hacking it to display these things that's not meant to display. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> that's a longer story because it's not meant to... Atari 2600 is so, like, so poor. <laughs> Even just displaying the score, I'm discovering, like, how hard it is to play six... Put, to put six numbers on the screen side by side. Hmm. <laughs> what they have to go through to do that... Hmm. He's crazy. Mm. <laughs> and of course, there's probably Atari 2600, you know, people who might have coded for it or yeah. know a lot more about it just going, of course it is, you idiot. <laughs> yeah, because it's only... I mean, I can explain, like, why that's a problem. Mm. So, you kind of know about sprites in, game, in mm. video game systems. Yeah, you can only have a certain number depending on the machine. And yeah, and so Atari don't quite have sprites, but close enough, there's only two. And, yep. you, and you've got to use those two sprites to display the numbers for your score. Right? What? And you get six digits side by side on one line. Hmm. Make it one sprite? No, you, set, you oh, basically... Oh, that won't work. What <laughs> ends up happening, you've got to set the first two, you know, to the first two numbers, and then as the raster beam is flying along the screen, you've got to set the, the registers for those two numbers to the next two, hmm. and then the beam has moved a little bit more, and you you kind of don't really have enough time to do all this stuff, but there's wow. just barely you can make it fit so you can flip all the all the registers at the correct time hmm. as, a, as the raster beam is going on, which is not very much time. No, I wouldn't think it is. No. This is really complicated stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rolling back a bit, yeah. There's no frame buffer on the Atari 2600, so every, everything that shows up on the screen, you've got to get the CPU to draw at the time the raster beam right. on your CRT is painting the screen. Oh. So for people who don't know, a frame buffer. <laughs> a frame that, buffer. That's like a little bit of memory. <laughs> yeah, okay. So yeah, on a mo more modern thing, you would have a chunk of memory, it's just the array. Is that too much? It's a, it's a bunch of memory. You're just setting the pixel. You, so yeah. you want this color here, you yeah. know, and you want this color there. Yeah. If you wanted to change something on the screen, you know, you just go, I'm going to set that color on that pixel, yeah. and that color on that pixel, and then every mm. time the computer or whatever draws a screen, it just looks up in memory and says, "Well, this is what I'm painting now." Mm. Yeah, and, um, that doesn't exist on the Atari 2600 because they had no memory, mm. or at least the whole system has. 
256 bytes of memory, 128 bytes, or something really small. Bytes, not K, mm. not megs, not gigs. <laughs> the whole system has that. Hmm. <laughs> How much memory does a PS4 have? A lot more. <laughs> I don't own one. I don't know. Yeah, a lot more. <laughs> wow. Yeah, wow. I thought we were modern and modern. You always say and modern. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. When the, new, when the next system comes out, we can buy a PS4. Mm. You have a PS4. I do have a yeah. PS4. Yeah. Anyway. Well, my PC has 16 gigs. How's that? Yeah. Which is a little bit more. Yeah, and the graphics card, I think it's 4, 8. Uh, it's a lot as well, you know. Mm. Yeah, a lot. Mm. And this Atari 2600, poor thing. <laughs> but that's kind of the beauty of it, though, right? And yeah. what makes a lot of these games so amazing is that the, the limitations have created the necessity for making something very unique yeah. mm -hmm. and interesting because you have those bounds that you need to work in. Yeah. Whereas, I mean, games today are amazing, obviously, but you've almost got limitless resources to take advantage of. Whereas back then you had so tiny amount of things you can do yeah. that to do them required a lot of thought mm. and so the the designer or whomever had to really think about it and work really hard to make those things happen yeah. and so that kind of makes them special yeah and part of this too is i the, uh, all this talk is i'm adding things to the game but i have to remove things from the game to be able to fit that in mm. oh. so i've got to take features out of the game to get space in the rom in the cartridge it's mm. a river a 4k cartridge and it's almost full. It's are pretty full. Are you actually restricted to that via emulator? No. Or can you make well, you could, I mean... Oh, it's a good point, actually. I could probably just make it an AK game. But, but then it couldn't be on a real cartridge. No, um, okay, oh, so... Actually, it could. Yeah, yeah okay, know. the reason it can is because there's these funny cartridges that do bank switching. Hmm. It's not really built in, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, you can do crazy things in the... You would... You'd have these special addresses in the in the cartridge that mm -hmm. if you read from that address or write to it, it, the half of the memory flips to another bank, and so you get yep. more space. Right. And there's cartridges that take it to a ridiculous extent. Hmm. But if you don't have any of that, I think 4K is the most. I think four. Mm. I think four is the most. It's almost like having a network router in your cartridge because <laughs> <laughs> it routes where the memory is that you want to read or something. Yeah. Yeah, you've got to say, well, switch. Basically, you want to ask it to switch to another bank that you know has the thing you want. Mm. The cart does it, and then you just read from whatever memory space it was. Technology mm. these days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what... Um, and yeah, okay, and the other thing is I've got, got to remove features to have extra RAM to do the things I want to do as well. So what I ended up taking out was the whole entire Player 2 mode. There's no second player. Um, That's not needed for tournament anyway. No, and it's not needed. Because <laughs> I, I, you don't have siblings that you have to share the game with, mm. you know. And anyway, it's it's the two-player thing is, you take turns. Mm. It's not two at once, so it's not really a big deal for that game anyway. Mm. And the other thi the other main thing I took out was the Activision logo, the bottom. Oh no. is, is that bad? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. I use the space to put the timer in, but also the sprite. I mean, sprite. The data that sh that draws Activision, the word, 
mm. takes up heaps of memory, like heaps of space in the cartridge. So wow, um, yeah, that's mine. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that was like a company policy or something that they just had to. Oh, that, well, I mean, that would. Activision we could put, were we could put three important. extra modes in the game. No, it must have the Activision logo. Oh, yeah, right. Or maybe, maybe it was a lady who created it, wasn't it? Yeah. Maybe she created the game and then she had this free space and she thought, oh, I'll chuck the Activision logo. Could oh, be. They, they did that universally. They oh, were. okay. Yeah. All right. So there's actually a progression over time, like the early Activision games and the later ones. That you can see, you can see the way they've like improved the logo over mm. time. Mm. So that. They do once, you know, it says the word properly and maybe scrolls to say copyright in 1982 or whatever. Mm. They later want to have like color bars next to it. And there's, there's little variations that you can see yeah, right. over time they updated it. So probably it's a company thing they put in. They all just figured out this is what we're doing. Well, it's mm. not really yeah, an Activision game anymore. It's a Matt Division game. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm elbowing the arm of the couch. <laughs> <laughs> See, now that you said that, he's going to have to work on how to put that in. Nah, no, there's not no, enough space. It's, it's, oh, it's so full now. So <laughs> we're, we're doing all this stuff. I don't know how I can fit anything else. And there was one thing I wanted to fix. Yeah, there's one, it's not quite a bug, but there's one thing that annoys me about it. Probably no one else will notice <laughs> um, that I wanted to fix, but there's not enough room, really. Hmm. And it's my enough that I'm just going to try and forget it. Right. So are you going to make a pitch to get this back into packs now, now no. that it's fixed for tournament play? <laughs> no. Or is this the pitch? Do you know this guy at all? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, but, it's like, I don't want to pressure anyone to do a thing, especially because, I mean, I won the last two. You, but, mm. you, I'm, you know, Especially, yeah. I'll probably just... I don't want to say too much. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't dominate the next one anyway, if it was running again. But also, this way I can retire as the champion. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's the There's biggest the motivation. Stop, isn't it? <laughs> retire the champion. I've not only won all the years of you know PAX River Raid tournaments, but I also created the tournament game. <laughs> now I'm done. Oh yeah, and morally, if they were running that one, could I? Could I compete? In a game I created. Have you been to the classics section at PAX? <laughs> it's pretty relaxed. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> still, I don't think anyone would care. Still. But then again, you never know. I guess they have to be careful. Now that we've talked about it. Yeah, see? What if Jerry Holkins listens to our podcast? <laughs> Who's Jerry Holkins? The, the PAX guy. Penny Arcade guy. Oh, right. <laughs> I don't know the Penny Arcade guy. It's basic. That's, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's not going to happen, but, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think you, you have to trust in people's ability to make their own decisions <laughs> mm. and you don't have to be like super, you know, manipulative about your, you just say, Hey, I made this. I thought it might work better. Mm. And if you want to use it, you can. And I'd say most likely they'll probably play it and go, yeah, that's awesome. Let's do it. Specifically, if you could fit, no, I was going to say if you could fit some sort of PAX classic, what do they call it, classic area, what's the area in PAX? Classic gaming. Yeah, the classic gaming, oh. if, you, if you could fix, get sort of PAX Australia classic gaming area in there somewhere, then that's kind of, you know, it's like the, this is made for this tournament. 
and maybe that would help, but you're not going to fit anything in. No, I'd have to remove stuff that I've added to be yeah, able to add no. the graphics in. <laughs> yeah, I'd forget about that. <laughs> so it's kind of done, actually, at this point. I think Except so. And if I don't find any bugs, I'm probably done with modifying the game. I did an NTSC one, which I found was kind of the better version for emulators on hmm. my computer. The PAL version is jerky, in Stellar anyway. I did all this in Stellar, yeah. which is the emulator that most people use, I think. Yeah. Has a great debugger in it. I did it 100% in there. Hmm. Um, the PAL one runs jerky, jerky so I kind of started working on that and then switched to NTSC, completed it there, and then did converted that to PAL, right. which I hope works. And we'll find out when I do phase two of the mm -hmm. project, which is the next thing I'm working on is putting it into a cartridge so that I can play it on a real system. Yeah, that's pretty cool. We'll find out in episode three after phase two. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a phase three, isn't there? There is. I might be pretty to even crazier yeah. idea than <laughs> these first two things. <laughs> but maybe you'll talk about that another time. Or do you want to talk about it now? No, it can be episode 1,000. <laughs> it's going to take Jeez, that long. He's, he's invested in this <laughs> podcast thing. I think, um, I think the, the, the classic gaming guys at PAX would appreciate anything new, mm. um, you know, classic game-wise that mm. came along. Just mm. like with, was it Gladius or Gladius? Or Galencia. Galencia. Yeah, Galencia. just like that. I mean, that's a really cool game, and that mm. guy's really done an awesome job. And he made a tournament version four packs. Right, okay. Yeah, the one that was played there. I don't actually know the the intricacies of what mm. he changed for mm. that version. Yeah. But, yeah, that was a particular version just four packs. I mean, I think that game is something where... It's, it's like a, a great example of how you can see what we've learned in general about game design, not taking anything away from the guy that actually did it, because obviously there's a lot of individual work that goes into that. But you can see that, you know, game design has moved forward so much because there's so much more interesting stuff in that game compared mm. to, like, the games actually from the day, mm. back in the day. We should have called this Back in the Day podcast because we say that a lot. <laughs> we do say that a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to ask, too... Um, there seems to be like a conversation happening somewhere with that classic gaming community at PAX, but I'll be damned if I can find it. Like I'm on the the Weird and Retro Facebook mm -hmm. group, but not much seems to be happening there. They I think they have meetups or something, but yeah, obviously they they're Melbourne. in Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. Um, <coughs> and then maybe it's Twitter, and I'm not paying. Yeah, that most much of the mo most of the retro guys. Um, talk over Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I wouldn't say it's anything around organising things. Yeah. It's just general chat. Maybe it's just people that know each other that I don't know. Because mm. <laughs> you're trying to get a wipeout. No, not at <laughs> you all. You didn't want me to mention that, did you? I didn't spend the whole last <laughs> week playing wipeout at all. No, I really did. But um, it's another conversation. Actually, in playing it, I realised again that it's probably just another one that's going to go in the. I think I'm pretty good at this, but shit, there's so many before. people that are much better than me. Well, mm -hmm. not so many people. There's it only takes one or two. And it's, actually, if I got third place, I'd be fine with that. <laughs> but um, <laughs> so, so got, let's say it only takes two or three until you might as well not. 
No, I'm checking. <laughs> Again, it's all about the fun. But so we've got two guys here that are trying to get a tournament game running to win a medal. <laughs> no. <laughs> You've got enough medals, Matt. Yeah, I know, but did, I, I feel like that even happened last year. What do you mean? Did, I mean, I did we... Did the international karate... Mm. Did that happen because there was a conversation around someone who is kind of like associated with... What do you mean? You don't remember? No. <laughs> <laughs> when Aaron was here visiting. Yeah. And we, I think we talked about a bit of... Aaron from Press Play on Tape right, Podcast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. In, in Tasmania, yeah, he came up to Sydney for a visit and, yeah, came to my place and my arcade. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we talked about what games might be good for competition there, and I'm pretty sure I said IK+. Plus. What's Arcade oh. Plus? IK, International oh. Karate Plus. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. And I'm just wondering if that kind of feels like uh, Maybe. Yeah. Because he was running the IK comp, wasn't he? Oh. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> but it was IK, it wasn't IK Plus. Yeah. Yeah. I had another funny thought about that. Um, we were talking about it last week and how, you know, I thought it was really funny that uh, the game wasn't that true to reality and that you guys were like sort of crouching on the same <laughs> spot and like yeah. duck kicking. Um, but when I played Mortal Kombat 3 last night, there was a lot of the same yeah. sort of stuff going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a lot of jumping over each other and kicking and no one connecting when it looks like they really should have and, mm, mm. you know, weird stuff. I was, I was looking at, are they sprites or I don't know what they are the 2D representations of the characters. Yeah, I don't know what you'd call them. And remembering watching the making of Mortal Kombat 1 and how they're like sitting on that box doing the jump kick move with the leg out. And mm. then you, once you see that, you can't unsee it because from then on their butts always look so flat. <laughs> <laughs> I've never even noticed <laughs> Because this. they're sitting on a box and that's right. the reason. <laughs> and even in Mortal Kombat 3, it looks like that and hmm. they're jumping in. So I started like, just looking at the different animations and especially Sonya, like, and then I was thinking the low punch, her, her body is like swinging around so much. And I'm like, no one who was fighting would do that because you should swing it all her weight around and there's nothing in those fists. Hmm. Um, <laughs> well, I don't think they're fighters in real life. No, well, <laughs> I mean, that's my point, right? And yeah. then like the duck kick, yeah, just the animations are, hmm. are funny. But to think hmm. back in the day, like when I played that game back in the day. Yeah, we thought it was so realistic. <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought that's how you fight. Right. You know? <laughs> Chuck fireballs at every. And I always wondered why, like in Bruce Lee movies and stuff and those movies, you never saw anyone do a fly kick, you know? Because that seemed like a really iconic move, but no one ever really did it. No. That's because it doesn't really happen in no, real life. No, it's sort of <laughs> against physics and all that kind of stuff. Like when you look at. Um, um, Thai boxing and Muay the styles so different mm. um, and they're really putting their weight behind when they kick like they're really putting their weight into it mm. that's like that's really how you fight <laughs> mm. Mm. so yeah it's the difference but also real fighting can be kind of messy oh yeah absolutely. I mean you look at ultimate fighting and you know mixed martial yeah. arts all that kind of stuff yeah um, that's probably as close to real fighting as you can get mm. um, and it, it can be messy you know people mm. just wrapping their limbs around each other yeah. and 
grappling all over the floor yeah. and it looks kind of a bit silly. Yeah, or even, even fencing is another good example of that because it's like, looks like they kind of just go into each other and then they're just like at each other and one of them hits or something and the light goes off and then you're like, what happened? Mm. Like, that guy's got a point. Okay, don't, don't <laughs> know what happened. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a mess. Anyway. Yeah, that's not so I don't think anyone mess. could describe international karate as realistic. No. But then any... What is, yeah. really? What is realistic? Yeah. What's real? <laughs> What's real? <laughs> this has become the existential podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so that's River Raid. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I, yeah. I would say impressive. See, I'd be... Uh, yeah, I'm pretty I, happy I want to play it now mm. because now that it's like sort of a bit of a different game... I feel like maybe I could play it a bit and then it'd be fun to enter the competition. Yeah. See, I, there's no way I would... I'm not going to wait 30 minutes for you guys. Mm. I've got better things to do. Mm. But um, if it's like two minutes or five minutes, that's fine. Like, I'll be, I'd like to have a go at that. Mm. And then when you you do finish, you get at the back of the line and it's only yeah. going to take you a certain amount of time to get back up there again. Much yeah. like the way the Glancier comp works. Yeah. yeah. Everybody had a bunch of goes so you could, you know, figure out the game. Really. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And it was pretty embarrassing, like, <laughs> when you had such a bad game, but, uh, because yeah. everyone's watching you, yeah. and, like, you're watching the whole time going, oh, yes, I could do this, that doesn't look that hard, and then you play it, and then you do something stupid, and it's like, oh, damn it, <laughs> now everyone thinks I suck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was fun, though. Mm. I want to play that game some more. Mm. What is it on again? <laughs> The Commodore 64. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Can you get a ROM of it and like run it on an emulator or? Yeah, uh, there's a digital release. Um, oh. You can also buy it as a physical copy. But mm -hmm. on that topic, and, and maybe it's worth mentioning now, um, he's doing a sequel. Mm -hmm. What's it called? Galencia Chaos Sphere? Oh, yeah. Is that Some, it? No, or am I murdering that? that? I need to check that because okay. that'd be really bad if I mispronounce the name. <laughs> uh, Chaos Sphere, yeah, Galencia Chaos Sphere. Um, he's running a Kickstarter at the moment. I think it finishes in about 11 days, 14 days, something mm. like that. Um, it's already funded, it's all funded, mm. but you know, there's obviously with Kickstarter, there's extra perks and stuff yeah. like that. That's a good um, way, though, to like if you enjoy the game just to throw him a couple of dollars or whatever yeah. it costs. Yeah, that's right, and make a, a new one. And the fact that he has, and we're talking about Jason Aldred, who's the the developer of that game, the fact that he's already produced one game, Galencia, yeah. gives you the confidence that you can back his, his project yeah. and see that it's going to come through with an actual product. Mm. Whereas I find a lot of Kickstarter these days, at least for myself, I'm very hesitant mm. to back them because... Yeah. I mean, there's some that I've backed and it's been three years and you still yep. haven't received the, yep. the thing that you um, purchased. Yeah. Um, yeah, people could have all the best intentions, but if they don't have experience producing mm. a product, then mm. there's a lot of things they don't realise, a mm. lot of hurdles that come up, and if they aren't prepared to deal with them, then it's just not going to happen. Yeah, and, so and you take that risk. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm not you know, bitter towards anyone who does a Kickstarter and then has trouble actually producing it and stuff like that. I mean, 
as a person who backs Kickstarter, you take that risk when you back a Kickstarter. Mm. Um, you may see something, you may not. Yeah. But at least with this uh, Galencia Chaos Sphere, you can be confident, well, at least I would say pretty confident that he's going to produce the game. Yep. So that's, that's pretty exciting. Yeah. So that's just going to be on Commodore 64 as well? As far as I understand, yeah. Okay. Cool. Mm. So I've already booked, uh, backed that. Cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Are you finished with your watcher been doing? Yeah. Okay. That's all I've been doing. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a lot. Uh, and quite difficult. And rewarding. Yeah, I mean, I'd say it's a lot of it's difficulty part. It's, it's a, a lot of learning, not all at once. So mm. I'm only at this point now mm. because of years and years of YouTube videos and mm. <laughs> random little things you pick up over time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting now that these days you can watch stuff on YouTube and learn a lot of this stuff, whereas before it was mm. like just a magical mystical science because um, you know the, the stuff I do in my arcade fixing monitors and things like that there's no way in the world I'd know what to do but because I've watched John's arcade YouTube videos for years mm. I have the confidence to be able to approach that now yeah even that's though it's super dangerous but <laughs> <laughs> well there's pre precautions you can take right yeah. it's not yeah. like yes it's dangerous but only if you're stupid and Mm. do things while without taking the right precautions yeah that's yeah. right so you just don't don't take a chance it's pretty much as simple as that mm. risk is something that's it's a funny thing and can sometimes be difficult to understand I think but mm. um, yeah even if it's a small risk it's still a risk which mm. means it can still happen yeah so right. you're better off just not taking the risk at all if you can yeah so but John's always been really good with, um, whenever he's messing around with monitors, he does give the warnings and say, yeah. you know, be careful, this stuff can kill you. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but also just giving me the confidence to do, like, side art on arcade machines yep. and things like that. Right. And, yep. And, yeah, like you with um, doing a ROM hack. Yeah. Hmm. Well, let's go on to you, John. Okay. <laughs> It's pretty cool that you can do like a ROM hack though. Mm. I mean, do you think in the future we'll be able to do things like that with, well, maybe people are already doing it, you know, 8-bit, 16-bit. No, oh, absolutely, further, I think, yeah. Even like to the point where, I suppose any homebrew, there's lots of homebrew around. No, Actually, they, do, they do do that because um, Awesome Games Done Quick, they, uh, they have all sorts of ROM hacks for... Super Metroid and I think like I remember that. seeing a side scroller homebrew side scroller shooting shooting game which looked very much like R Type but it was developed for the Dreamcast. Hmm. And I guess you would need like a boot disc or something to play it. Hmm. I don't know. Hmm. Although they did develop like self booting games, didn't they, later on with the Dreamcast, do you know? I don't have any idea about oh. Dreamcast. That's the one of the one systems I don't actually own. Wow. Yeah. I've got a few, but I don't have a Dreamcast. Wow. Mm. i got a Dreamcast. All right. Want to yep. sell it? No. <laughs> no, I'm joking. No, I don't. <sighs> so what have you been playing, John? Um, not Dreamcast, but I've only got one Dreamcast game, and that's 
the Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver, which I bought at Parkley Markets. Um, I can't remember how much it was. I think it was cheap. I think it was only like $20 or something. Hmm. And I've got this story that I love to bring up. This is becoming a thing now. I'm mentioning my little stepbrother, <laughs> mm-hmm. who's now like tw- in his young, old, young, old, young, young 20s. Early young, 20s? Early 20s. My probably. brain is like doing this thing now where it just forgets words or like substitutes other words in the position. It's of, called getting old. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it's, but it's not the best when you're trying to do a podcast. Ah, uh, well, you know. <laughs> anyway. My young 20s, uh, <laughs> younger stepbrother. I always bring it up every time just to annoy him. When the Dreamcast was like our main system and I had Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver, I played through like probably 75% of the game or 80% of the game mm-hmm. and I was loving it. Like it's a really good game from memory. Um, <laughs> and he was probably about five years old or maybe six years old and he decided that he wanted to play some game but the memory card was full so he deleted my oh. legacy of kane soul reaver save and played whatever he was playing like some stupid kids game <laughs> and um so bitter yeah and i'll bring it up pretty much at least once a year usually <laughs> at christmas time nice so yep he doesn't remember doing it well he remembers now because mm. i remind him <laughs> i make sure he doesn't forget mm-hmm. <laughs> And yeah, I haven't yet taken out my revenge, but one day I'm just going to wipe like all his memory on his computer or something and just be like, yeah, how does it feel? Actually, just douse no. his laptop in kerosene and light it on fire. <laughs> revenge at last. <laughs> I guess we have cloud saving now, so. Yeah, that's true. Yep. <clears throat> so the, the plus side to modern consoles, after the negative of waiting for the game to install for four hours, you then, once you play it, you don't have to worry about your older sibling coming and wiping your game, taking revenge for back in the day. They could still delete them, though, right? Even if it's in the cloud, you can go to the same oh, yeah. and say delete. If you do delete it, yeah, it'll delete off the cloud. Or is mm. there some kind of recovery? There probably is. You can probably ring up Microsoft and say, hey. <laughs> All day. My, se- <laughs> My brother took revenge. <laughs> And they're like, oh, the old brother revenge scenario. Yeah. I don't think... Um, <laughs> but then they'll probably be on my side because they'll be like, what did you do? <laughs> <laughs> well, you tell them this whole backstory and, you know... And they're like, Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver is a great game. <laughs> this is the Microsoft support guy mm. speaking. Mm. <laughs> but I don't think Sony has cloud saves yet, does it? I don't know. I think it's just Microsoft. Really? Anyway, I think so. I'd be surprised about that. I thought that was like... Uh, maybe I'm thinking of Nintendo. I I'm thinking of Nintendo. Cloud saving is the number one excuse for the always-on internet connection. Hmm. Isn't it? Hmm. I thought that we're gonna, was <laughs> we're gonna, DRM. Yeah, well, System that's the real reason. But the excuse is cloud saving. <laughs> you always have to be on the internet. But that's a problem because I live in a remote area. But we're going to save your saves on the cloud. Hmm. Oh, yeah, okay then. <laughs> sure. <laughs> What's cloud again? <laughs> anyway. Um, oh, yeah. So what have I been playing? Uh, <clears throat> okay, I've got to tell you about my... We'll have to add this screenshot to the, um, to the show notes so people can see. Mm-hmm. I took a screenshot in a game. It's a mobile game mm-hmm. that I've been playing. Ah. Um, 
So to tell you about this screenshot, I have to find it. Hang on. He didn't prepare very well. And no. he's got a message. And oh a my message gosh. And a message. Are you in trouble again? No. Oh. I don't think so. I haven't read the messages. <laughs> may or may not be. When you read them, then you'll be in trouble. So people can look at the picture on the show notes, but basically it's like a, it's like a phone chat, like an SMS kind of thing. And it's saying, hi, Mark Bell. <laughs> Welcome to Chats, the, your default messaging app. And it's like as if it's some messaging app, and it, but it's got Mark's name. Anyway, mm -hmm. so I'll explain the reason why. Um, why you've signed me up to this service. Yep. I didn't really sign you up to oh, service. It's okay. all part of this game. My phone's still going off. Um, so this game is called Simulacra. Spelled S M I U L A C R A, and mm -hmm. it's basically it's a mobile game, but it's kind of like a mystery where you have to find out what's happened to this girl. It's it's a it's a horror game, mm -hmm. um, like a mystery horror game, and I haven't played through all of it because I'm not really a horror guy. AKA I get scared super easy, and <laughs> I don't like playing horror games really. Right. Um, so. Basically, you open the, the game and it starts out and it's got this video of this girl and she's like all stressed out and freaking out and saying like, don't come and find me, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and the idea is you've been sent this phone or this phone's like turned up on your, des your uh, desktop, your, your doorstep. Mm -hmm. And uh, so you've got the phone, you've got this girl's phone and you're going through the phone and you have to try and figure out what happened to her. So you're looking at like her messages and her emails and like all her photos. It's kind of creepy. In a photo gallery. Yeah. It's, I mean, I guess that's probably what most people would get. I just mm. took to it like a fish in water. Like I uh, just... Because you're used to spying on people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just, I, yeah, like I just... It came totally natural to me, and I was like, <laughs> going, oh, where is she? And then you have to do things, actually, you don't have access to her email straight away. You've got to get into the email. So you do, like, a forgot my password thing, and then it Very asks cool. you, like, the secret questions, and it's like, you know, um, what's your pet's name, and, like, what's the birthday of this person. And, and you, you find that info from other bits and pieces throughout the game. Like yeah, that. so you yeah. have to, like, look in your photos and... You know, you'll find a picture of her at a birthday party with someone and you have to figure out who it is. And hmm. yeah, and from that, you piece together that information so that you can then have access to the emails and then you learn more information and so on and so forth. She's got all these apps on her phone that's like, um, they have all different names, like they're kind of mock names for like um, Tinder and um, there's like a blogger one. Hmm. And obviously she has email. What's the other one? I can't remember. But yeah. Then you keep stumbling across these videos of her and she's all like, just weird things happen. Like there's a few jump scary kind of things that happen. Um, and then you're like texting her sort of ex-boyfriend and you know, you kind of tell him, oh, I'm not her, but I've got her phone and she, I think she's in trouble. And so you're trying to, um, He's trying to help you find her, but he's also like kind of freaking out at the same time. Mm. But they broke up because he like cheated on her or something like that, without revealing too much about the story. But he ends up while while you're having this conversation, she actually posts like on Twitter. It's not Twitter, but it's basically yeah. Twitter. 
and then it's like she's posted on Twitter like so she's somewhere um, but it's all normal the post is normal like oh just hanging out or something and he looks at the photo that she's sent which is on the phone because it's like it's sunk with the phone hmm. and you send it to him and he's like oh it looks like she's at home I'll go check it out and he goes and checks it out and some creepy stuff happens but I don't want to spoil it just yeah, in case yeah. you guys play it or whoever plays it um, but it was actually pretty cool and I yeah, had to stop playing cool it because I was freaked out but the um, all the stuff with the messages feels very real when you're talking to the boyfriend it gives you like three different responses that you can use hmm. and but it feels very real like the characters feel pretty good I think they've done a pretty good job with it and it's one of the few games I've played on mobile which I would consider like actually a real game hmm. I think it was six dollars fifty Right. Um, obviously, Australian dollars. Mm. I've heard of a few other games pretty much like that. Yeah, I think there is, but I, this is the first one I've ever played. Mm. Mm. Um, but I love the whole, you yeah, know, snooping through someone's is very stuff. Compelling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'd, I'd like, I'd love it if there was a game like that that was like a mystery that wasn't so horror-like. Scary. Yeah. I just don't... The, the, the jump scares don't... I don't know. I just feel like it's a bit cheap. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which leads me to the whole thing with your name being in it. Because... Yeah, I was going to ask that. Why, ha, why, are you, why are you my name? Yeah, so... That's, that's even creepier. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to... <laughs> I hope it's... Hopefully it's not too much of a spoiler. I guess anyone who's, who wants to play it maybe can not listen to this part. If this is a spoiler, then how long are you going to talk for? How long should they skip ahead? Um, let's say, we'll say five minutes, and so... Five minutes? Wow, that's a long spoiler. No, not even... It's not a... 30 well, seconds. just for me to explain the story. Right. Okay, well, basically... Okay, so... <laughs> come back in one minute. Okay, come back in one minute, and I'll... And if it's not done, I'll tell you, come back okay. in another minute. <laughs> okay, one minute, starting now. <laughs> okay, so basically what happened was um, that when the boyfriend goes to the house, something happens with the phone and it, like, is resetting itself and it's going to wipe. And then you, without telling you too much, basically I failed at not letting that happen. And so it was resetting and the phone resets and then it comes up and asks you... Um, uh, for some details about yourself mm -hmm. and because it's like when you get a new phone and it's like what's your name like yeah, yeah, you yeah. know set the time and all that sort of stuff um, but it was asking all this weird stuff all this creepy stuff and because I was so freaked out and I was thinking as I was typing it's going to do like a jump scare I put your no, name in right. <laughs> you... I didn't want to put my own name so I put <laughs> Mark Bell that made you feel better <laughs> you've got less than 10 seconds yeah so, but that's basically it. And then, right. but then, of course, it remembered your name, and so everything else came up with your name, which mm. is obviously the whole idea. So, not only are you into spying on people mm -hmm. and take to it like a fish out of water, mm -hmm. in water, fish in water, mm. like a fish to water, fish to water. Yeah, that's the saying. But you use my name. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so we're we're 15 <laughs> seconds over. It's pretty safe now. I'm done talking about what the story is. But yeah, that's basically why I put your name in because <laughs> I was too freaked out because I had to type on the keyboard and I thought maybe they might be trying to use the typing on the keyboard to do to get me to focus 
Because hmm. you know how those, like those old flash things where it was like the yeah. little maze and yeah. it was like really easy and then at the end there's like this tiny Giant spot face. and you're like yeah. going really close to the screen yeah. and then this thing pops up at you and... Yeah. Oh man, I hate those hey, things. Hey, you're watching gay porno. Remember <laughs> that one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I thought it might be something like that. So I was like mm. trying to, I was holding the phone like so I could only just see it and like typing sideways. <laughs> That's how much of a scaredy cat I am. Right. Well, it's nice to think in an emergency situation, my name comes up first <laughs> in your mind. Yep. Actually, that's kind of scary. Yeah. But anyway. But yeah, I, d I certainly <laughs> do like spying on people, and that's why I'm studying psychology. Oh, I mean, there you go. Actually, that makes a lot of sense. It does. It's not as creepy now. <laughs> <laughs> so the fact that I'm officially studying people. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a bit better. Yeah, cool. That okay, makes good. me feel more comfortable. I'm glad that helps. Mm. Yeah, so I played that. So that was fun, but I had to stop playing it because... But then, so actually, the next day, I got the courage up again to play it some more during the day um, but I had told Brianna about it at night time like after I did all that hmm. and I was like well we can play it together like maybe it won't be so bad if we do it together and she's like no way I'm not playing it I'm <laughs> like okay and then she's like <laughs> but the funny thing is she's still interested in the mystery hmm. and she's done this before she did it with Resident Evil 7 we were watching a video of someone playing Resident Evil 7 don't spoil it I want to play no it I won't game. spoil it but um she said uh, she didn't want to watch it, but she wanted to know what happened because she already watched the beginning. Hmm. So she's like, I don't want to watch it because it's too scary, but I want to know what happens at the end. So she hmm. looks it up online. Oh. She finds like the Wikipedia and finds out what happens. And so she did the same thing with this game. Wow. And so we found out what happened, all the endings and stuff. And then, but then the next day when I went back, I'm like, I can play that. You know, sun's <laughs> out. It's not that scary. <laughs> I'm like, I want to see what other questions it asks me. Because it started asking really weird, creepy questions. Um, and, uh, but then I started playing it again, and it was cool. But since I already knew what was going to happen, it took a lot of the fun out of it. So I've stopped playing it now. But, uh, That's why you don't look up the ending. Exactly. Mm. Yep. Yeah, because all these things were happening, and I was like, I know this is a red herring. Like, this is not mm. the ending. So it's just not fun anymore hmm. Hmm. but I think you should check it out I think you might like it yeah it if, does sound if really you're interesting interested hmm. yeah so that was that was pretty cool um, I think they so it was six not 645 and they've got another one called the same people made a game called Sarah is missing or something like that or Sarah is lost or something like that right and I think that one's free but I don't know what that's like because hmm. But that was made before this, so I can only imagine that the quality wouldn't have been as good. Mm. Um, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's cool. Mm. So there's that. Um, and I've been playing more PlayStation because I've got the PlayStation at home and a bunch of games. And I'm, we mentioned Wipeout last week, but I hadn't actually played it. I just bought it. Mm. I actually played it this week, like a lot. <laughs> and it's a really fun game. And... I've forgotten how fast it is, and we talked yeah. about it being fast last week, but I also learnt a lot more about the air brakes in that game. There's air brakes, which is the L2 and R2, mm -hmm. and they basically turn the ship like sideways. Yeah, it's like it's a almost, hard turn, isn't it? It's almost like rally driving. It allows the ship to travel um, sideways, mm. and then as soon as you let go of the air brakes, it's like the... 
um, the thrust kicks in and starts pushing you in the direction that you're pointing. Mm -hmm. So the way that you use the air brakes is you use them to turn the ship so that when you're at the apex of the turn, you can let go and the thrust will push yeah. you out of the turn. Yeah. At first I was like, this is a lot easier than I remember. But then I got to the part that I figured out where I got up to when I was a kid. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, it's hard now. <laughs> and I remember being stuck on this one particular track and I just couldn't pass it. But I actually passed it. And now I'm onto the next track and I've never played this track before. Right. So, so yeah, I'm like in fully uncharted territory. Hmm. And it's really hard. <laughs> <laughs> but it also made me realize that maybe I'm not as good at it as I thought I might. And I know that if there was a competition... <laughs> if there was. If there was a competition at PAX in 2018 uh -huh. of Wipeout 2097, yep. it would have been better if it was 2017. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> if there was a competition of that. Imagine if we got to 2097. That would be amazing. Then we could play Wipeout 2097. In 2097. That's a long way Exactly away. like real life. I won't be alive then, but no. anyway. <laughs> Very doubtful we'll be alive then. <laughs> you never know. You never know. The wonders of modern medicine. I know. Never cease to amaze. Mm -hmm. But then they also sometimes bewilder as to how archaic they are. The scalpel mm -hmm. is very simple. <laughs> yeah. That's a bit of an aside anyway. But a little uh, bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I played that a bunch, but... We talked about it last week, so I won't talk about it too much, except to say that it's a fun game. Mm. And then I also put on Soul Edge. I realized uh, I had yeah. Soul Edge, and I was thinking about... Soul Edge has, like, this story mode where... Because the whole thing with Soul Edge... Well, now, the new newer games are called Soul Calibur. Um, the first one was Soul Edge. Although, I don't know if maybe it was a localization. Yeah, maybe it was a regional thing. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so, Soul Edge on PlayStation. The whole thing was that Soul Edge is, a, is the name of a sword, and it's like this evil sword that takes over the person who has it. So, whoever's mm. wielding it becomes, like, taken over by the soul of the Soul Edge. Um, and then... But the kind of the story of the game is all the fighters are trying to find it, you know, and it's kind of like the good ones think that they can somehow subdue the evil in the Soul Edge, and then the bad characters just want the power of the Soul Edge. Sounds like the uh, sounds like Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it's a bit like that. Mm. It's it's a lot like that, mm. except that there's more characters, obviously, because it's a fighting game. Are you saying there's not many characters in Lord of the Rings? No, I wouldn't say that because <laughs> I'd be wrong. <laughs> I'm down just imagining, like, a Lord of the Rings fighting game. <laughs> wow, that'd be weird. I reckon it'd be fun. It'd still be weird. <laughs> but it could be fun. <laughs> just depends on how it's done. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so the story mode is, like, each character's story of trying to find Soul Edge. But along the way, you find all these other weapons. And each character obviously has a different fighting style, which includes using a different weapon. Like there's a big, um, muscly guy who's like a wields an axe, and then there's, you know, samurais, and you know they obviously use samurai swords. And then there's like a woman that has like a one of those sticks with the blade on the end. Hmm. 
Um, and so you find like variations of that type of weapon for that character, and they all actually have different attributes. So also in Soul Edge, which I think in later versions of Soul Calibur was taken out, you, your weapon had like a life bar, and you use your weapon to block, and if you block too much, like every time you block it takes some of the weapon strength away, hmm. and if you block too much, the weapon will be knocked away and you can't block I can't remember if it's for a short amount of time or if it's for the rest of the round. Right. Um, yeah, I'd have to... I should have checked that out, but I can't remember exactly how that works. But you definitely can't block for, like, at least a, a period of time. Hmm. But that's something that's been taken out of later versions of, of like, Soul Calibur. Um, but that was a really cool mechanic, I think. And, yeah, so then all the weapons have different... Um, Attributes. So some of them have are stronger, so that they can take more damage. Um, but then also, it might be a more powerful weapon. So as in, your hits do more damage, hmm. um, or it might be like a poison weapon. So when you hit them, they get poisoned or something like that. Um, and then they have different speed. And there was like five characteristics or something. Hmm. So it actually changes the game because you're using a different weapon. Some of them might be actually longer, like physically longer, so you yeah. have more range, or shorter. Um, obviously, they do things like a really powerful weapon, but it's very short, so you have to be close range. And then, so you would find them throughout like your mission. You'd travel around the world, and you'd run into different enemies, and then every now and again, you would get a new weapon to, yeah. to use. And then each fight also had different characteristics too, so sometimes the enemy might have like a healing factor, so you have to try and kill them quicker, or they might only be damaged by throws, um, or certain moves, like, yeah, there's all these different situations, or it might be a really small arena, because yeah, Soul Edge was an arena fighter, I think in Soul Calibur it changed to just being normal hmm. stages, but Soul Edge actually had an arena, um, so you could get knocked out, yeah. So sometimes you'd have like a really small arena, um, and they just did had all different characteristics like in that story mode, hmm. and not to mention an actual story where you follow the character's story. Hmm. Um, Was the story actually interesting? Uh, well, from <laughs> memory, I just find a lot of fighting games they put these story modes in, yeah, and they're all pretty silly. I mean, even Street Fighter Two, yeah. No one ever remembers what happens to so-and-so. Yeah. It's just more about the mechanics of the game. Yeah. I didn't play it heaps this week, but um, from what I played, it was basically like, yeah, it was pretty basic. It was like, you know, the guy I played, like he was looking for this weapon and he went, found this demon shrine and there was this other character there who was possessed by a demon and they had to fight. Hmm. You know, that's kind of hmm. like what the story yeah, is. The cliche <coughs> fighting genre story. Yeah. yeah. And then the next stop was like some port somewhere and there was a woman there who was like, um, thought she was a really great fighter and was challenging everyone to fights and then she challenged you to a fight hmm. and so you have to fight. <laughs> hmm. You know, hmm. and that's the story, I guess. Yeah, so, right. So it is really basic, um, but yeah, I suppose back in the day when I played it, back in um, the day as a kid, I just enjoyed getting all the different weapons and hmm. and yeah, I really loved the fact that because like every character had like ten different weapons, right? 
and everyone was yeah they were all unique to that character so it's not like just one story mode it's like however many characters there were like 10 characters mm. <clears throat> so what happens when you um you play one-on-one -on -one with someone do you then select your character and then select your weapon um no i don't think so unfortunately not i in when you're playing normal one-on-one -on -one, it's just normal fighting the right. weapons were only in that story mode oh i see yeah. okay that's a interesting way to do it yeah it was only like kind of like a tactical thing like the whole idea was you got to try and use the right weapon in the right challenge so mm. like for example there was one that was you only had like 10 seconds to win the battle but they gave you a weapon that drained your life but also did heaps more damage so mm. you needed to use that to win it yeah and that's the way that it works right. okay. about there's probably two more things um, I played basically last night at a friend's place who has a sizable pinball collection um, that's uh, Nathan Clissold yeah I was yeah <laughs> a Nathan's friend of place. ours and also he has a mega drive there so we sometimes play that hmm. yeah and I pretty much beat him at everything we play because oh, here we go. he's pretty average. <laughs> just say. Wow. I mean, not pinball on Mega Drive. Right. He pretty much wins at pinball all the time. But he does own the machines. <laughs> excuses, excuses. <laughs> um, yeah, he's obviously a very good pinball player. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I kicked his ass at Mortal Kombat. Right. Yep. Last Which time, one? Mortal Kombat 3. On the Mega Drive. Yes. Um, so we. I think I played that. I. I never really liked Mortal Kombat three. Mm. I liked MK one and two, obviously, but one of some of my favourite games of all time. Yeah. Um, but MK three, when they introduced the run button, mm -hmm. it was very, very combo intensive. Mm -hmm. Like yep. fighting games around that era started to go. Yep. You know, let's let's put in. 60 hit combos yeah. I'm, I'm exaggerating yeah. exaggerating but yeah. you know made it very combo heavy and i just never really that wasn't my thing i like spacing mm. you know i think there is a bit of a divide between yeah like mortal kombat 2 people and mortal kombat 3 people mm. and mm. i think that that has a lot to do with it and you also see it in like i think street fighter is less combo heavy mm. and then you have you know, well, Killer Instinct was something that introduced, like, the super combos. Yeah. Um, and obviously, like, Marvel vs. Capcom has that too. Yeah. And it's just a much different game. It's all about, like, locking, like, stun locking and then... Juggling. Um, and yeah. Yeah. And games like the 3D fighters, like Tekken, has that sort of thing as well. Um, and I think that there is some of it in Mortal Kombat 2... But it's very limited what you yeah. can do, and it's not easy at all. It's very difficult to do. You have to be like frame perfect on a lot of things mm. to actually pull stuff off. Uh, and there's no dashing or anything, so you can't mm. like dash in and continue a juggle. 
which is what happens a lot in Tekken and that sort of thing. Um, But then there's actually this evolution, and and we talked about it briefly last night when I was playing with these guys, um, how... Because one of the guys that I played with last night, Mortal Kombat 3, was saying, like, it seems like you have less life in this game. Like, he plays a lot of Mortal Kombat Mm. 10, Mm -hmm. so he felt like in Mortal Kombat 10 he had a lot more chances to do things, whereas I was, like, throwing him three times and he was dead, you know? Yeah. Um, And he was like, it just seems like you don't have as much life. And I think what it is is that as they introduced combos the damage that you do with normal hits became smaller yeah, because exactly. you were doing more hits. Yeah. Um, but you were doing, when you chain them together into a combo, it would equal the same as, you know, what like a, a an uppercut did in Mortal yeah. Kombat 2. Yeah. Um, and 3 still had that fairly sizable like hit chunk because it felt the same, but then they introduced the combos um, and I think the combos always did a little bit more than an uppercut would do, mm. uh, but not heaps more. So if you played it just like Mortal Kombat 2, I think you would do okay. Yeah. But yeah, I noticed that, that's, that there's that progression now with fighting games where it feels like the round goes longer, it feels like you have more health, and I think that's because of combos being introduced into the game. I could yeah. be wrong, it's just my own conclusion. No, I think it is. It, it's to. not necessarily that combos have been introduced, it's that they're now encouraged. Yep. that's how you that's how you beat the other player is mm. to chain your combos together and yep. stuff like that yep. um, and they have to account for that and make those hits do less damage yeah 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 but it's kind of a funny mechanic because when you're locked into receiving a combo <laughs> you just feel helpless you know yeah. you can't really do anything yeah um, so that's yeah. when they started doing things like combo breakers and, right. you know, in Killer Instinct and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. But, yeah. I, I, yeah, I never really enjoyed MK3 that much. Um, and subsequent subsequent releases, I didn't enjoy as much either. I mean, all the way up to MK9 yeah. and 10, I mean, I still really enjoyed playing through the story modes because the story mm. modes are actually really good yep. in those games, but... Playing them competitively against a person mm. was never something I was interested in because, again, if if you're receiving one of those ridiculous combos, mm. there's not much you can really do. Yeah, unless you're you're really good, mm. obviously. Yeah, but yeah, I think that yeah, Mortal Kombat nine and ten don't feel like two did. So it's so mm. much different to Mortal Kombat two. Mm. Um, because I never played much of Mortal Kombat 2. Um, I played Mortal Kombat 1, like, as a young kid. and that, But that was just all about trying to do special moves. And if you did a special move, that was exciting. Mm. Um, but then... And then later on, I played Mortal Kombat 3 a lot more and actually did learn combos and stuff. Mm. But then it wasn't like... It wasn't like I played 2 without combos, got decent at it, and then went to 3. It was... I just went straight to 3. So... Mm. I never really thought about that, I guess. Um, and then you had the run as well. And I just used to use Sub-Zero when I was a kid, so I just freeze, run, do a combo, and that's all I did. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, and so I never really went much further than that. Um, but now that I've gone back and we played Mortal Kombat 2 a lot, like on your arcade and at PAX and stuff, mm. and learnt, like, how to play it properly, um, 
I can understand now like why the whole thing with running and doing combos it's sort of like you don't need that almost like mm. if you know how to play properly you don't really need combos you we, once you got to a certain level you would learn it because it does do more damage and you should always try and do as much damage as you can mm. but just playing normally you can just do an uppercut or something and it's almost just as good mm. um, and that's a lot more valuable like just being able to play properly than just knowing how to do the combos like I did when I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> I would get destroyed by someone like you who was just playing skillfully rather than just doing combos. Mm. Well, obviously there's skill in doing the combos. Yeah. But I mean, in terms of spacing and stuff, mm. well, I would play like a computer would play. I would just freeze, and then if the freeze hit, I would just run and do a combo. And mm. I could do the combo every time, so I had that down. But if you did something unexpected, I wouldn't know how to deal with it. Or if my freeze couldn't, wouldn't go off, then I'd be stuffed. And I think mm. that's what happened later on. I just would, wouldn't be able to win because I didn't know how to use, you know, trap you into a freeze, I guess, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So you'd just block it and then kill me. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, getting a bit off track, I guess. No, no you're yeah. playing M MK3, so... <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yeah, but MK3 is is a fun game it's um i think it's it's definitely different the characters seem smaller on the screen they compared are. to two i'm pretty sure they are yeah um there's obviously more characters um it feels less janky to me though yeah i think there's more animation that might be why okay that's probably just updated graphics hmm because um, oh no, I was going to say MK1 and MK2 use pretty similar engines, and maybe they do, but there's not. It doesn't feel as big a leap to three, mm -hmm. uh, from one to two, mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. Um, so MK3 does look technically more superior. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, pretty much just. What's that like on the Mega Drive? Like Mortal I said, Kombat? I'm not sure I played it. Three. Um, back in the day. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I would have played it on back in the day. I think we must on have Super had a Nintendo. I think no. that's where I played it. Well, it's not where I played it. I don't think I played it till later, like probably on PlayStation. Hmm. Oh, I was on PlayStation, yeah. yeah. That's where I would have played it. Because we had... Besides the arcade. Yeah, because I don't think I had the first Mortal Kombat until we had that Sega CD, Mega CD. Hmm. Um, so we had the Mortal Kombat on that, and then I don't think we had another one until PlayStation, and that's probably why I skipped number two, because by the time we had the PlayStation, number two, obviously, well, there was already number three. So, mm. yeah, I think we had it on number three. Actually, I even remember, here's an interesting story, okay? You might find this interesting too. I think I've told you this story. So my dad was a musician, obviously, mm -hmm. and um, as we talked about before, um, he played, you know, in bands and stuff and happened to meet through someone, um, the guys in Fear Factory, and he ended up do being a guitar tech on a Fear Factory tour in Australia. Hmm. Um, and for people who don't know, Fear Factory is like a metal band. Yeah. And this was, I would have been probably 12 or 13 years old, and it was in the PlayStation era, and... The drummer, my dad was really good friends with the drummer from Fear Factory because my dad's a drummer, so 
I guess he naturally got along with the drummer in that band, even though he was being a guitar tech. I don't know how that happened. It was a really <laughs> random thing, but he was doing guitar teching, but my dad's a drummer. And so the guy's name is Raymond, um, and he was big into PlayStation. He loved PlayStation, and he had a special road case with his PlayStation 1 that he used to take around with him on tour. And he had a chipped PlayStation, so he had heaps of games all copied, obviously. Um, and so me and my brother were so excited because we're like, oh my God, we didn't know who he was. Like mm. we knew he was from some band and he came over to our place with his PlayStation and he had all these games and we were like, this is amazing. Like he's got all these <laughs> games. We plugged it in, but this is back in the days of PAL and NTSC. Oh. His PlayStation was an NTSC PlayStation uh, and it just wouldn't work on our TV. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we couldn't play any of his games, hmm. but we played our games and one of the games we played was Mortal Kombat and I remember we had the printed out list of all the moves hmm. um, <laughs> which reminds me of something else that um, Will said last night who was the guy I was playing Mortal Kombat 3 with at Nathan's place mm -hmm. he was like oh is it tell you the moves in the pause menu I'm like I'm like ah oh, I don't think so and I'm like actually no I know so because I remember having the printed list <laughs> on paper <laughs> with all the moves yeah, but yeah, back to that story. Well, it was pretty much done, but that was, I mean, for anyone who knows, like, Fear Fact is a pretty big band. Yeah, it's a very big band. Um, so that's... I think, Matt, you're a particular fan? Yeah. Yeah. I've seen them play, like, I don't know, ten times? What? Mm, yeah. yeah. And seen them live. I Raymond I've was, seen them once. He was so. thin then. He was thin then, too, so, like, normal-sized. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, they. I think they put on a bunch of weight after that. Those mm. guys ended up being pretty big guys, mm. from memory. But yeah, anyway. In the celebrity sense funny. of the word, but or I didn't also know in the physical sense. He was of the just word. a cool guy. With, I mean, he looked like a musician, obviously. But lots of my dad's friends were musicians, so it wasn't mm. like a big deal. Mm. But um, yeah, he had a chipped PlayStation. Mm. He loved it. He was as excited about it as we were. <laughs> but um, unfortunately, we couldn't play his games. So. Uh, was MK3 on the PlayStation Ultimate MK3 or uh, just normal MK3? I don't, I don't think we did have the Ultimate. Because I remember I had Ultimate, yeah. but I couldn't remember whether normal MK3 was on yeah, PlayStation no, I think, or not. I think we just had the normal version. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Because Ultimate was cool. I liked Ultimate. Just because it had, you know, characters. It had from, all the characters, yeah. From everything, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I don't think so. But I really enjoyed last night just trying the different characters and I had my phone with all the moves on it and just trying the different moves. Hmm. Um, <laughs> there was one funny round we were doing where I was playing Cyrax and Will was playing Spectre. Mm -hmm. And so Spectre's the red one with the missiles. So uh, yeah. he has, it seems like all the characters have three moves really, three special moves. So he had the homing missile, which kind of will shoot up, fly around the air, and then it will hit the Wait, other... do you mean Sector? Sector, yeah. Yeah, Sector. You're right, sorry. I was thinking Spectre. Spectre, is yeah, that no. right? No, it's Sector. Sector, yeah. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Go on. My brain... Yeah, so the, the homing missile will fly up in the air and, like, for a few seconds and then come down and hit you. And it's a bit of a... It sort of plays with your mind because it doesn't hit you straight away. You... Like, I can be fighting and I can kick him over and then the missile can still hit you. 
Mm. Um, so you kind of have to wait for it to come to you and then block it. Mm. Uh, so he's got that, and then the straight missile, which is quite fast, it just shoots straight into you. And the third move is the teleport uppercut thing. Oh, yeah. So he goes down and then comes up and hits you, does like an uppercut. And that one, if you can predict it, is can be punished really badly because he flies up in the air, you can just then uppercut yeah. him. Yeah. Um, so if you know it's coming, then you can really punish them. Um, but anyway, I was playing Cyrax, who has the capture net, which is a bit mm. like Scorpion's um, thing, where he pulls you towards him. Yep. And so there's that, and then there's he's got bombs, so he yep. drops these bombs on the ground, and we'll seem to think they're unblockable, but I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, I can't remember. Uh, I think he was like, I, maybe he needed to duck and block but he wasn't a able to block them. So he was jumping up and down, like trying to jump while That's it exploded. That's not going to block them. <laughs> yeah, so anyway. But he was doing a really good job dodging them. Right. But you can do a, um, a long one and a short one. So mm. uh, the short one kind of goes halfway between you and the other character, and the long one will drop like at their feet. And the way you do it is you hold low kick, and you press forward, forward, and then high kick for the long one, and back, back, and high kick for the short one. And you can pretty much drop them almost simultaneously, like basically as fast as you can do the button presses. And the animation, his little chest thing opens up and the bomb drops out and it, and it stays open if you do it really quick and just like two of them will come out. Hmm. Um, and so I, it became like this projectile match where he was shooting his missiles and I was dropping the bombs <laughs> and then, so I'd drop like a long bomb and a short bomb and then do the net to try and just to try and get him in something. Mm. And I worked out that you can really do some some dodgy moves with those bombs. If there's a few times where I would drop a bomb, it would explode, and when it explodes, it throws the character up high mm -hmm. in the air, and you can then uppercut them, and they'll fly back. And if you get the timing right, you can drop another bomb, it explodes as they're landing, and then they fly back, and then you uppercut them again. <laughs> and it's like 70% health or something. It does a ridiculous amount of damage. Wow. Um, it may not be 70, but it's stupid amount of damage. Mm. Obviously, it's not easy to do, but mm. when it happens, he was just like, this is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I know, it is. It's pretty fun, though. <laughs> Um, but he was doing a really good. It was actually hard to get him in in the with the bombs because he was doing a good job just jumping over them basically. Mm. Um, so then it became like this mind game of me trying to like somehow trick him into going walking into the bomb. Um, but it was fun. Mm. That, was, that was a lot of fun. And yeah, I just tried a bunch of different characters, um, just just because like, Son Sonya was fun too. Yeah, I think my choice on MK3 was Sonya. Yep. Yeah. They did this weird thing where her was it meant to be like a sound bolt or something? Her oh, projectile the, move. Yeah, the sonic wave or whatever it is. I can't remember what it's called. Was it called sonic wave? I can't remember. Okay. Um, because it looks like it's made of liquid in Mortal Kombat Three. Because mm. even if you block it or you, or the person gets hit by it, it sort of splashes away yeah. and drops, doesn't it? It's like yeah. it's like a grape juice. <laughs> wave or something like that mm. that's what it looks like in Mortal Kombat 3 mm. which I never yeah always in the first one it's appeared to be some it was, kind of well, it was sound pink wave. in the first one was it yeah. well yeah it's like pink like that kind of colour yeah 
Mm. Yeah. Sonia wasn't in the second one. Really? Mm. Oh, that's right, because she was captured. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah, she was fun to play. Mm. Who else did I play? Uh, having a mind blank. I, oh, la, the, the time we played before this, I used Cabal a lot, and that was fun. He's apparently the most broken character in MK3, I think. Makes from, sense. From memory. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure you can do some, like, 100% combos and stuff like that oh, with really? him. Oh, really? Yeah. That doesn't surprise me, because the spinning move, it's kind of like doing a freeze, but then it can't... Oh, does it bounce back? Maybe it does. When you, yeah, if you do it twice. It it's also make, really quick. Yeah. Mm. Easy to block, though. I guess it's all about predicting what the other player is going to do. Like, mm. if you keep trying to trying to do that move, and they know you're going to try it, they yeah, can just, just block. block and then uppercut or whatever. Yeah, and then punish you. It's yeah. really easy to punish you after that. So, yeah, maybe we should try it again. Hmm. You can you can try it again. It was fun. Hmm. And I found it a bit more flexible than number two. Right. Yeah. So we played that. The other thing I was going to mention was, even though it wasn't last night, previously, I just want to mention it because it's a fun game that doesn't get talked about a lot. Um, Super Baseball 2020, which Nathan has on Mega Drive. Right. It's a... A Neo Geo I was going to say, I, I thought that was Neo Geo. Yeah, so there's, I think there's Super Baseball, which is like normal baseball, and like same sort of engine or feel to it. I've never played Super Baseball, but this is Super Baseball 2020, mm. so it's like a futuristic version. Mm. It's such it's a robots game. and stuff, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. 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 I Why do I remember these things? I think completely useless information. I mean, two years from now, there's robots playing baseball. (laughs) Probably, if not already. It's very early in the main game list too, because it's like 2020. It starts Uh, with 2020. 2020 Super Baseball. Yeah. Um, I remember we had one. There was one in a video easy in Carlingford. They Mm. had that game, and they had Mortal Kombat One. That was the first time I ever saw Mortal Kombat One was in that video easy and then they also had 2020 Super Baseball. Just the one Neo Geo game or was it on one yep. of those four game switches? Or whatever? I don't know if it was on a switch but it always seemed to be on that. Right. Maybe it was and maybe it's just in my memory that's what I remember. Because mm. I remember my video easy um, in Cessnock of all places they had one of those big Neo Geo cabs with the four games and mm. 2020 Baseball was in there. Mm. And then also a Mortal Kombat. Oh, so really? Maybe that was How a video easy work? thing. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Oh, so you're wondering if maybe it was actually the same cabinet, but I'm remembering it separately. No, I was actually thinking maybe that was a video easy thing. Oh. That they got in the same games in a number of video easies. Yeah. I mean, it's possible. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I suppose they could just have a jammer switch that switches to a Neo Geo, couldn't they? No. Oh, uh, actually, I don't know enough about it, but okay. I thought the Neo Geo was completely different hardware. Oh, maybe. I'd love to have a, a Neo Geo mm. cab. Mm. I think if I had an arcade, that's what I would get. Right now. And what Neo Geo games? Twenty Twenty Baseball. <laughs> <laughs> you like it that much? I, I love never, it. I never actually I played liked it a it. lot. Hmm. On Mame. 
the funny thing is, I never played it like back then. Hmm. But then I started playing it once you know I had Mame and played it on my computer, and I played it a lot. Hmm. And it's a fun game, and it's one of those games that if you're playing on arcade, you have to put a lot of coins into because I think it was time based. Like you had a certain number of innings based uh, on how much coins you put in. Yeah, okay. And so you just played the game, and it's I guess that's probably one of the main reasons I didn't like it then. Yeah, maybe. Hmm. Yeah, and and I don't I couldn't imagine myself playing it back in the day because I couldn't like put ten bucks into a game hmm. so that I could play a whole game of baseball. Although hmm. if you did, you'd be there for a good amount of time. It takes a yeah. while to get through, um, but when you're playing it on Mame, you can just keep pressing five and it's not a problem <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I played it a lot on MAME and no. um, yeah it's pretty fun you can the AI when you're pitching I mean pitching's a bit boring but you can just strike the AI out no problems um, you just basically throw the you go depending on whether they're left handed or right handed you go on the side that they're standing on and you pitch the ball, and then as soon as the ball's left your pitcher's hands, you can control it by pressing mm. left or right, mm -hmm. and you basically just hold the direction away from them. And the AI... They'd always swing for it? Yeah, it's not no. quick enough to realise that the ball is going out of reach. and they I'm don't. I'm sure it is, but they probably programmed well, it. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I guess they don't... What I mean is they don't move fast enough to hit the yeah. ball. Um, and you still have to shoot, like throw it into the strike zone pretty much for them to swing. So it's not a ball. Like you, you don't actually throw it so far out that it's a ball. Mm. It's still within the strike zone. Mm. So it doesn't matter whether they swing or not, but they always right. do. They always swing, but they don't move enough because they see you going safe to the left. So they move as far to the left and you mm. shoot, you throw the ball, <laughs> shoot it, <laughs> you shoot the ball. Um, and then and then you move it to the right and they'll move but not enough to hit the ball basically mm. Mm. and yeah sometimes they'll hit it but I would say like 98% of the time they don't hit the ball and you yeah, just right. strike them out and then you get to bat again <laughs> am I remembering correctly that you could hit the the batsman and like parts of them and fall off or something or am I imagining that um, you, I think you're imagining it I think you, I am. you can hit the batsman and depending on whether it's a person or a robot, <laughs> I think they react differently. Like right. I think the robots like spin around or something. Okay. But they do, you might be thinking of, if you do get struck out, they break the bat and the bat's like apparently a robotic bat. Well, it's metal and they break it and there's like wires inside. <laughs> I don't know why they have wires inside, but. <laughs> it's a robotic bat? Yeah, 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 so. Um, yeah, hmm. and then there's all power-ups and stuff. Like you can give, you earn money throughout the match, and then you can buy power-ups, um, and like make your batters stronger, so they're more likely to hit a home run and stuff. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it was really, it is a fun game. I really enjoy it. Hmm. I can imagine it must be pretty stripped down in the Mega Drive version, though. Uh, quite possibly. I don't think I've paid enough attention to notice the differences. Hmm. Um, are you sure it's the same game? Definitely the same game. Okay. I was surprised to see that it was on Mega Drive. Yeah. But it is. Hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. I think I'm, I'm probably not discerning enough to see if there was any graphical differences or anything like that. Hmm. Well, there um, would have had to have been, but yeah. 
probably yeah. just didn't even notice. I just don't tend to pay attention to that sort of thing. Hmm. I, I guess I pay most attention to gameplay. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I played that with Nathan a while ago, and of course I beat him. <laughs> He's really into <laughs> baseball, so I think that's why he has it. But man, I was excited when I saw that. I was like, I can't believe you have this game. Hmm. Maybe I just need to get it on Mega Drive. It's probably expensive, though. It's probably just as easy to get a Neo Geo cartridge. Although oh, the I car- don't know about that. Yeah, well, but see, I think for Neo Geo, it's probably common, but... Yeah, true. The console, I know the console's hard to get, and or arcade, but I think, I feel like the cartridge for that game wouldn't be so hard to get. Hmm. It's just that, yeah, the rest of the hardware. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. It'd be fun to have, but uh, I don't know. I'll have to, I haven't actually had a look for it on Mega Drive. Maybe I need to have a look. But I've got a feeling it's going to be hard to find. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So that, and we played a bunch of pinball last night, obviously, mm-hmm. as we do. He's got a really nice collection. He's got a very nice collection. And picked up a Metallica. Actually, I had my, yeah, he picked up Metallica. I had my best game of Wizard of Oz ever, which is... Probably not that good for a lot of people, but it was 400, exactly 400,000. Hmm. Is that the right quantification? 400,000? Yeah, I think so. Hmm. Yeah. Because a million's like the really good. Yeah. His, I think his stop score is like 1.1 million or something. Right. But when that game gets going, it really gets going. Hmm. <laughs> I just happened to get um, Rescue Multi Ball, and then I already had like two locks on the main multi-ball so then started that so I already had rescue that I got the main multi-ball going I had um, the house spinning for munchkin modes but I couldn't get it started because there was too much stuff happening but then I also got into the crystal ball if you can get all that happening at the same time the score just goes through the roof yeah and then I don't know I don't know how to get extra balls but then I got two extra balls so I played a five ball game and I think for a fireball game, it's probably actually not that good. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know the scoring of Wizard of Oz oh, okay. that well. Yeah. Well, I know, all I know is that I've never got that high before. I think before my previous highest was like 320. Hmm. So I got up to 400 this time. And yeah, it just was all happening. Uh, but that's yeah how it tends to go with that game. And I got to the Wicked Witch mode, which is basically... Um, I think you have to, so that's like the mini wizard mode, so you have to start a munchkin mode, you have to start all the multi-balls, and you have to start like a haunted scoring mode, I think it's the four, I think that's the four things you have to do, Hmm. and then you get to play Wicked Witch, and that's where you try and melt the witch, Um, but I just did, I basically got nothing in that multi-ball, which is really bad, because it's like a mini wizard, and it should be basically free points <laughs> mm. but I just lost it straight away um, but yeah that was, so that was that was a really good game I love that game I think that's my favourite pinball machine and really? then my second favourite is Metallica huh interesting choices so you don't like Wizard of Oz much? oh I don't mind it I just I haven't played it a lot but at the same time I don't feel any compulsion to play it a lot mm. it's doesn't really do much for me. Mm. I think it's a beautiful game, mm. a really beautiful game, 
when it's in its, its uh, attract mode and all those rainbow colours are flooding mm. all over the place and <laughs> some of the modes go to black and white. So you've yep. sort of got that monochrome thing happening yep. with all the lights. It's, it's beautiful. Mm. But to play it, I don't know, it's just never really done anything for me. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I think I just like... I like stacking the modes. I like... Um, that there's a bunch of different stuff that you can do in it and that they also have included a lot of like um, quality of life type things improvements over stern games like the fact that if you don't want the pops to bump yeah you can hold in both flippers you can hold in both flippers and they won't bump and i think that's really good yeah it's got a lot of really cool stuff i like the the left and right outlines where if it goes down you can often get another ball and another mm-hmm. try depending on yeah whether you can actually like on the left it's got that pop bumper as long as you can hit the pop bumper into those targets it'll give you the ball back yep. and on the right it's got those rollovers if you hit all the rollovers it'll give you the ball back mm-hmm. and then you've got to do something to keep playing yep. that's a cool idea yep. I really love the, the twister like the spinning house thing mm. um, which is the start of the munchkin mode so you hit all the uh rainbow targets so once you hit all the letters of rainbow then it's ready and you hit it up the ramp and it goes around the house and you have to flip it around Mm. something about that i just really enjoy like it's very basic but i don't know i think they've put in some effort and and probably testing too like they've had a go at Mm. testing it and and come up with something that's fun like comparing that i was thinking features in a game comparing it to the hammer in metallica like that hammer to me is just a waste i don't understand the purpose i mean i know it's from um one of their albums or something Hmm. um but it i feel like it's just executed so badly that it's just lost all of its flair it's not Hmm. cool it doesn't even look like it's hitting it down because it hits it and there's like this delay between when it hits the ball and when the ball goes down into the play field. Mm. It goes bang, and then the ball goes down. Really? <laughs> yeah. Are, are, we, are we talking about the LE or what? A premium. Uh, pro I think it's premium and LE. They all do it. Uh, oh. not the pro. Okay. I think is that right? Well, yeah, the pro doesn't have the hammer. I don't know. Oh, the pro doesn't have the the under play field bit either. Right. So it's not going to do that. Yeah. So yeah. But, but basically, it's like a magnet that holds, when you lock a ball for the casket multi-ball, it holds the ball there, and then there's this little hammer that just goes dunk, and then, <laughs> and then the, the magnet part goes down into the play field and lets the ball go, and the ball will go into the trough. And that's cool. Like, I like the idea. It would be cool if it, the ball just went down into the coffin. Like, that's cool. I, I like it that. It does that, though. Yeah, I like that part. Hmm. I think that's good, but the hammer, the timing of it, there's something about it, the way they've done it, and I don't know, it could be different for every single machine, but last night when we were playing it, the hammer went bang, and then the ball sat there for like a second, and then it went down. I think that's, um, I think originally it did sort of go down at the same time, but they had to change it in code because there were so many problems with it. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. Hmm. See, I just feel like things like that... I actually think it's kind of cool. I like the concept, but 
Yeah, yeah but maybe the execution isn't quite there. But I guess that's kind of what I mean too, is like, the concept is fine, but I feel like the execution leaves something to be desired. And, mm. and I guess that's kind of like Stern's thing and they've survived doing things that way. And I think they'll never pay that much attention to things like that. But in Jersey Jack, I think that's the difference. Like, yeah. And in Wizard of Oz, you can see they're paid really detailed attention to all yeah. those things. That spinning house, like there's actually a little thing that pops open and you can see the legs of the mm. witch who had the ruby slippers are like popped out there. Mm. Like things like that. I just love stuff like that. I love all those little details. And I think, I mean, it's, it adds to the expense, of course. Um, but I just, yeah. Now, there's no doubt at all, in my opinion, that Jersey Jack machines are on another level. Mm. Design, artistically, all that kind of stuff. But, it, but playing them, um, I think they're another pinball machine. Hmm. So I think, yeah, and it, it's funny me saying that because I find the artistic and design nature of a game more more important than the gameplay. Hmm. But I still haven't played a Jersey Jack machine that's really captured my attention and made me think that this is an amazing game and I want one. Hmm. Interesting. Even though they look beautiful. Hmm. It'll be interesting to see how Pirates goes because mm. when I played that I felt like the game felt very nice and then it also on top of that like in terms of gameplay I mean and then on top of that it also had the really cool visual design and mm. thematic feeling mm. that Wizard of Oz has yep. and yeah, I think I that, that I think from what I played it seems like it's going to be really good mm. um, I mean you never really know but from my experience, it, I reckon it's going to blow everything away. Mm. So, but it's probably going to be stupidly expensive as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess the same as what the other games are. Yeah, so, that's right. So. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, we might have to call it. Mm. Okay, so thanks everyone again for listening to Game the System podcast. This is episode number two. We did it. We did two. Yep. Amazing. Um, I wonder if we covered everything that we put in the notes. No. <laughs> we didn't even cover a quarter of it. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, as long as the conversation's, you know, happening organ organically, then mm. that's cool. Mm -hmm. uh, so you can talk to us. Probably the best place is on the forum, mm -hmm. gamethesystem.co. You can also reach out to me at mark at gamethesystem.co. That's M-A-R-C at gamethesystem.co. Uh, Twitter, at Mark's Tweet. So that's at Mark's underscore tweet. And John and Matt again, I'm, best way to contact you guys is the forum, right? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, always keep an eye on the forum. Cool. Mm -hmm. uh, if you want to join the conversation, if you want to... Uh, provide us some feedback. Tell us how wrong we are. Exactly. Again, <laughs> you can talk to us on the forum or you can email us at feedback at gamethesystem.co. So mm -hmm. once again, thanks everyone and we will see you in episode three. Or not. We won't see or hear anybody, but they'll hear <laughs> true. us. True, that is true. <laughs> That's a good correction. <laughs> oh, I'm glad I made it. <laughs> All right. Okay. We're done. Bye. Bye. Say bye.
Bye. Bye. <laughs> Shut up and sit down.